Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of the TetraCast, RPG Sites podcast. Uh, you would think that there wouldn't be a whole lot of news in the past two weeks, but there you'd be sadly wrong. We have a whole lot to get to, and so let's just get right into it. I am Zach Reese, your host. Joining me, as always, is Josh Torres, Adam Vitali, and once again, Kyle Campbell. How are you all doing this fine yeah. evening? Uh, busy as hell. Busy, busy, busy. That's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, based on what you put in this document, you got like a ton of shit. I've been following your escapades on some of these games <laughs> on our Discord, and it seems like you you seem to be like totally against mobages, but you te- seem to like latch on to like the newest one uh, almost well, all the time. You think that I had it bad? We had well, a stupid. We'll talk about you it. Called me, you said I had a mobage corner, and then all of a sudden you just <laughs> are the one playing it all the damn time. We'll, we'll talk about it. it. <laughs> but first, yeah, let's talk about apparently. You hit up uh, round one, a pretty popular arcade center near here. Yeah. How's that been? So last time on the podcast, I had to leave a little bit early because I was going to go hang out with some uh, friends, uh, meet up and whatnot. And then we uh, went, uh, end up, ended up going around one after dinner. And then I was like, okay, well, wh- what's like the new thing here? So of course they have like, you know, some of the latest editions of fighting games like Blaze Blue Central Fiction that is not out here yet and like on consoles. Don't, don't they also have like Project Diva Future Tone is I, over there? I, I don't know. I didn't actually. I think I saw it. Yeah. Or it, it might have been X, but it was an arcade Project Diva. Yeah. Awesome. They, they're, they're very much like uh, the arcade branch, one of the very few arcade branches here in the U.S. Like keeps up on like, you know, Japan, somewhat keeps up on Japanese arcades. So I was looking yeah. around and uh, I saw... Uh, this one of the first games that I checked out was uh, School of Ragnarok. I think it's by Square Enix. Yeah. And it's uh, it's like a one versus one like battle arena style, uh, like fighting game. That's like a three D arena. You can like move inside it, but then like it turns like to almost like a two D uh, scope. The closer you get to your opponent, and then like as you like, I posted up the the picture of like the button layout on the on the Skype. But it's like kind of insane. If you can, if you guys can like imagine it back at home, like there's like a vertical row of like three buttons, and then like another uh, like horizontal row of three buttons that are kind of slanted down at the top of that vertical row. So like I'm trying to think, how the hell am I gonna like? It's like an upside down check mark. Yeah, <laughs> it looks really bad. bizarre. Yeah, so I'm like thinking, how the hell am I gonna freaking like tap all these? Because I'm I'm used to like you know fighting games, either a four button or six button layout, and I like the I always have like instant access to any button on that. So I'm thinking about this. I'm like, I have no idea how the hell I'm going to like freaking even play this first. It's you're You need to be right-handed apparently to control yeah, that. Yeah, because like one of the these buttons, I think it's like the one of the downward slanted ones is like jump. Another is for attack. One is for block. And then like you have like this spirit or persona-ish uh, being that like assists you in battle and that you need to use that uh, to like assist you as well. That's a button for that. It tells you right there, like the J, I assume is jump and g is in guard or something like that yeah yeah and then the the other two but bigger buttons by that there's another two big buttons by it uh just to the right side like is one is like, like a, it's like a compass it looks like a compass you know, yeah the, 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 big, the bigger was like an orb like a big ass orb. like it's yeah thing it's like glossed and everything so I, I think that's like if you're at a certain like hp threshold you can like pump out like a, like a special or super attack i never even got to like i was never in danger of like dying so i never got to really test it out I, that's what I assume, and the other one I just have no fucking clue. It, it, it's, it, it seems like it, it seems like an impenetrable game, like at this point for me. I'm just like, uh, oh, it, it was it was kind of expensive too. It was like I think twelve credits per play. Ugh. 
it too was... advanced for like the Americans who only had like six or six button games at the most. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was weird. And the the other one that I hit up at uh, round one was Gunslinger Shadows. And Gunslinger Shadows, like this is the third installment. Uh, Gunslinger Shadows three is essentially uh, four versus four, like a uh, battle arena gameplay as well. But it's bizarre in how you control it. So the your controls for this game is basically a pair of like dual pistols, and that have joy uh, thumbsticks at the back of each one, and then there's like um, a, a GameCube style like X button to the side of the right thumbstick at the back of that pistol. So you're using the left thumbstick to move around, the jump button to like jump and dash around, and then like you can combine you can combine like these dual pistols uh, both horizontally and vertically to access your like secondary weapons or like moveset and it's looking crazy because you're trying to you're moving around dashing around the field the the right thumb uh thumbstick is the camera and then you're also using the dual pistols as radicals on the screen to like aim for the person so it's looking crazy what, like what, what would you compare to like that guns game from like the pc yeah, from years yeah, ago it's a about bit like guns and then like the actual gameplay flow is a little bit like uh gundam extreme versus because like every time you're you're you have like a set pool and every time you uh, kill someone, you take off a bar from that pool. And if that all that bar runs out, your team loses. So yes, it's a lot, a lot like guns in that like the so way you guns. yeah the, the way like your your perspective is, and because it's a third person perspective. But at the same time, it's also like Gun uh, Machine versus and the City of Final Fantasy Arcade in terms of like there's like a cost system in that. It's it's insane. Like uh, you you actually had to like pay first. If you want to do the tutorial, so like you can go to a straight like a like a quick match like with bots or other people right away, but you won't have no idea what the fuck is going on. So like you have to actually pay first, like if you want to see the tutorial, and then you have to pay again to like, actually play. Wait, so the tutorial is an actual like yeah. Wait, you have credit. to pay again. You don't just like continue into the actual game. Yep, uh, that, that exactly. <laughs> what a rip off! Oh my god, it, it, it's a fun, it's a really fun game, but it is expensive. There, there's like a like a good amount of characters, like maybe over like 20, 25 characters, and they have like, completely different move sets. And just uh, always watching like competitive like matches of uh, Gunslinger Shadows Three, it's like man, this game's like fucking. Crazy. I want to try it. I want I want to know why like. I know there's like a a PC version out, but like it, I hear it doesn't. It's not really that great. I'm not sure if it's up to date. But I'm like I'm th- trying to. I was wondering why it hasn't this game like come to PC or like console yet. And it's like oh, I get it now. <laughs> this is fucking insane. This is like built for arcades. Yeah, the fact that they've, I think they just like shut down the older games to continue on. It's I don't know how successful it's been. I don't know. Has there ever been like a Gunslayer Stratos anime? Or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, there was. It was god awful. Yeah, I, I heard it was awful. Yeah. So. I as actually like I I remember making like a tweet about it, about how it being awful. And then the next morning I wake up, people are like, "Hey, dude, you're featured in Kotaku." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And then like I guess Kotaku ran this article of like, "Hey, the Gunslinger Shadows ain't bad, ain't that bad." They got like a like a handful of tweets that like you know of people who were disgruntled. Of course, I was like, "What?" I was like, "Oh." All right. Oh. <laughs> People were like, "You're popular, man." Like, I, I, I guess. Thanks, Kotaku. Kotaku famous. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, round one was fun. Uh, just wanted to check out, like you know, some of the more newer releases out in Japan. Um, man, I have played other games too. I played King of Fighters 14 that came out a few weeks ago. That that's a lot of fun. I was the visuals. Like obviously compared to like the older King of Fighters games, are all uh, 2D sprite based. Is the first one 
That's uh, th- the 3D models. Like, it kind of looks like an early PS2 game almost, uh, especially like in its early, early debut trailers. But uh, it's really fun. Uh, the gameplay systems are just like what you expect out of KOF, three versus three, max mode, uh, and obviously getting more bars the the more characters you have eliminated. So let's say your first character goes up, uh, it only has a maximum of three bars that you can get up to. But by the time you get to like the last character, they have access to the full five uh, bars for like a shitload of damage. So and I've been trying, uh, I've been messing around with the newer characters. I like I've been trying to figure out what team I wanted. At first, yeah. So right now I've settled with uh, Mui Mui. She's like a crazy, uh, like little girl in a Chinese dress style, with like very much a kung fu style style character up close in your face. Uh, a lot of uh, rekas or like uh, chain hits and whatnot. I think she's from a, a KOF Pachinko game. I think. I have to go check up. Uh, that. That's probably the case. I remember hearing about a character or two that are from like other licenses and stuff like that. So. I, or at least the, the properties from SNK. I still want to try out that Pachinko game. Um, I, <laughs> do you even know how to play Pachinko? Yeah, I do. <laughs> That's the bad thing. Hit the fucking lever, get the balls, cash it out. I guess it's and just Slingo or something like that. Yeah, because I had a Pachinko in it. Yeah, there's, there's a Did lot. You... What's up? I have to interject a little since you brought up Pachinko. Mm-hmm. But did you all see that, that Dark Souls thing related to Pachinko? I have to tell you. No. You have to no. They... they on the official Dark Souls uh, Facebook page, they said... Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah I know you're yeah, about. yeah, they said uh, what creatures or uh, characters from other franchises, just like in popular culture, would you like to see? Or do you think would, would fit in Dark Souls? And someone replied with a picture of Pyramid Head from from Silent Hill. Oh, okay. And uh, and then the, <laughs> the official account replied to the image saying, ah, uh, yes, the... The the cold uh, the cold terrifying sound of pachinko coins hitting the floor. Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the official account. If you've seen that account, it's pretty much as good as the Sonic the Hedgehog Twitter account. They get, they've been on the ball for a yeah, while. So. It's really good. It's really good. Yeah, pachinko it's, machines are so dumb. It's like it's like great. It's like hit the fucking lever. There's a lot of fucking sounds that just tell like, you to hit the lever. Ever since that Ben Affleck meme went around that they created about yeah. <laughs> my own friend just like him staring into the abyss about dying all the time uh, Dark Souls. that was in peace silent hills yeah uh, so, hey death stranding could be the new silent hills we don't know yet i think it's completely different but that's fine we'll see okay we don't know anything about it but yeah so i have mui mui then i also uh started taking a liking to mian and her, I have no idea what like nationality she's from. I I, forget, I think it's maybe Taiwan. I'm not sure, but she's wearing a, a very like. No, a this very, is very important. What nationality is she? Uh, it, it is because uh, I because I, KOF is like a lot of the characters are very like defined by their fighting styles based on where the which territory they're from, and whatnot. So like she's wearing a very uh, ornamental dress, kind of very colorful, like kind of like Chinese dress style, but more like what you see in like Chinese celebrations, along with a mask. And whatnot, and she's very weird, like very unorthodox as a KOF character, because she has like you know mysticism, like uh, Asian mysticism behind her, like and she can actually like jump up into the air and like do like a little like air kick, dive kick from the air. But as you like you hit them, even if they block, you can like jump back into the air again after that and do another like kick chain kick after that. So like you're constantly hitting them from the air, and they have to guess which side to, to block from, because it's very tricky 
like especially when she's doing the kick right on top of you, you have to like kind of guess like, oh shit, which side is this gonna hit from? It's very dirty stuff. It's kind of amazing. And for the last character, I have no idea yet. I might do now Nako Kuru. I forgot her name. Now Kuru. It's from Samurai Showdown. The the chick with the uh, with the blade and um, with the falcon. It's uh, I was watching a little bit of tournament footage of her, and she seems really fun. But KOF 14, like I I need to go mess around more with it because I've been busy. I really want to try to check out the story mode. I heard the story mode has like really funny illustrations, especially for theme themes and special ending illustrations for some of like a more custom team. And I really want to try to capture footage of that. That it looks really good. And I think like the main thing that I'm like just relieved that is that SNK is finally getting back into the console gaming business. And like KOF 14 yeah. is a uh, a damn great like welcome back SNK. Yeah, I don't really like. I have really no familiarity with SNK or KOF or any of this, but I I do remember seeing like a headline like SNK is like moving away from Pachinko. Like they're 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 specifically trying to step away from that. Like we are not doing what those other companies are doing. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. My my familiarity was more on the older games like guru mark of the wolves and king of fighters 98 and 2000 and 2002 and 2004 i think those are like the ones i played a lot of but i don't i'm not too familiar with like the newer ones I, but uh mm-hmm. it's cool that they're getting back to it for sure i really hope to make a sequel to garo because they keep teasing at it they're like we know people want it it's like yeah. well you know what the fuck to do then? <laughs> yeah i know what what do they do yeah it's it's I mean, I'd be very excited. I'm just happy that they're re-releasing it mm-hmm. uh, for consoles and PC again, so can play it some more. Oh with yeah, hopefully some new content as well. Yeah, definitely want to check out Garo on PS4 when that whenever that releases. Yeah, absolutely. That should be very fun to play. Uh, hopefully, it's sometime soon, so yeah. I can get right back into it. It's been a while, and I forget all the combos, but I'm sure I can pick it right back up. Back um, into RPGs, though, I guess. For me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, Wait, uh, I'm, glad we, I'm glad we start off with everything but, but RPGs, RPGs to yeah. start this RPG site podcast. Let's <laughs> Pachinko site, though. Yes. Oh, reviewing Pachinkos. That'd be amazing. I, I'd want to do that. Sounds like you're the only one who's interested in that. So. <laughs> start it up. <laughs> Go ahead. So, Pachinko uh, Corner. Huge in mm. America. Pachinko machines. Yes. <laughs> um, I picked up Deus Ex Mankind Divide. I'm not too far into it. I just barely got into the... Uh, this relatively early into, ga- into the game, so it's not a big spoiler. There's a point in the game where uh, you meet with one of the, the augment uh, mechanics, I guess. And he's like there to fix you up, but kind of shuts down part of your features uh, and whatnot. So I'm a little bit past that, not too far into the game yet. I'm really liking... The whole setup of where they're taking Adam Jensen with, uh, it's uh, definitely moving more into the Illuminati stuff, a little bit more into, you know, the grand setup of what transpired in the first Deus Ex years ago. Um, I, I really dig, like, the whole uh, just visual style of the game. They kind of, they still, they're still all in with the black and gold, like, theme, but it seems toned down compared to the first game. Like in terms of just like the, the overall image quality, it's not as like grungy. It's a lot more. It's a lot cleaner. A lot more colors <laughs> present in it. Um, I I try to remember like the the color the control scheme of the original uh, Human Revolution game because I played that on PC too and it feels different from this one. But I can't. I, I it's been so long since I played it that like I just know it's different. But I can't say how or why. Um. Uh, I'm I'm never good with controls. Like I just get accustomed to them, whatever they are, and then I don't even think about them. So like I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's a it's been 
I, I'm kind of I'm kind of curious to see because I've been kind of seeing some reviews of it, saying like how it does kind of like slow down and like people are kind of have issue of like the way it paces itself and like the sell like near the first half of the game and then uh, shortly after the second half until the end. So I'm I'm really curious to get back into it. Don't don't really have much to say about it, but I'm just glad that you know I'm I'm always down for more DSX. I like where uh, just the whole gameplay flow of DSX. I like having to get be able to play an RPG non-lethally, stealthily. I like being able to like you know just have speech checks and like not having to fight the person. It's like hey, can I bullshit my way out of this? You know. Yeah, and like I actually haven't played the original or the other this, the other one. Um, Human I, Revolution. I, no, the the other the one that people don't talk about. Oh, oh Invisible War. War. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I started with Human Revolution, and I I really really liked it a lot. Uh, I don't really have the time or money to get uh, this one yet. Um, but one thing I was curious about, and I've heard a little bit of things about, it, was the original game did have you know stealth or action, but then like the boss fights kind of threw that out the window. And then also there was some, I know like in terms of mechanics, in terms of EXP, um, like a stealth playthrough was actually basically more rewarding. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of felt like if you wanted to go loud, it was a, it was a, like a, to your detriment to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely- so I wonder, I wonder how they balance that. If they change, I know they have, I hear that they have changed those things a little bit. So I kind of want to see what that's like. I don't know if I can ever go loud on those games like as I first played through. It's like if, yeah, I, if, if if a game like presents me with non-lethal stealth options, like I will definitely do that on the first playthrough because I just like having the novelty of having a non-lethal option. Right. Make make those save points and load them up every time. <laughs> every time you screw <laughs> up. Yep. Just fucking save scum the shit out of it. And, uh, I, I I try not to, but sometimes sometimes that, I, I, it's different with XCOM because like. I will only save scum if there's actually something technically wrong with the game. Like I know in Enemy Unknown, there was a point where like there was like a save corruption uh, deal going on with the PC version of Enemy Unknown, and like that would actually make like Iron Man kind of impossible because on that. So uh, that's like the only time I'll like deal with that type of stuff. But in general, I try I try not to save scum. But sometimes sometimes you just have to. Or I, else you just restart the game. I, I might have, t- I might have, I might have talked about this on an earlier podcast, but I, I got this is years ago now, but I got my younger brother Human Revolution um, for 360 because uh, I liked it, and he, you know, he wasn't really familiar with it, so I just wanted him to try it. And I remember he told me he got stuck where somehow he got to a point where he was like under a desk. He had a save point. He was under the desk. He had oh, like no. no he yeah. had like. He had like no ammo, or he had like the was like just a, a couple of bullets, and like he was just surrounded by enemies. And he's like, "Well, this is my save, and if I load it, I'm gonna die." And I remember visiting home. I remember visiting home for Christmas one year, and I like took like a whole day, like reloading that save and like squeaking his way out of it. Oh my like, god! With what he had, that's dedication. <laughs> like, that's family this, love right there. This is what you like. This is. This is how you. This is where you learn to make separate saves and and all that. And like one save. step save, one step save, one step save. <laughs> that was, I, I remember playing games like that for sure. He just had he just had the one save point, like and the auto save or whatever it was, were like all in the same spot, so it didn't oh, really matter. So oh, like you he was kind of he was kind of. I don't I don't remember exactly what it was, but his his auto save or his man and his manual saves were basically all in the same situation, and like I had to work him way work him out of it. That reminds me of um, my friend uh, who did his Human Revolution playthrough years ago, and like he was trying to go for a non-lethal ghost uh, playthrough as well, 
And then just to find out that like at the end of his playthrough, he didn't get the non-lethal achievement because the one of the guys he like stun gunned, like uh, uh, like when he was falling over, his head hit uh, like the end of a couch, and like nice. that counted as a kill. <laughs> and I'm like, oh god, mm-hmm. that sucks. And he was and like he he was questioning it to himself. He was like, does that count as a kill? And I'm like, nah, there's no way that'll count as a kill. There's no way. And then you get to the end of the game, you're yep. like, fuck! Motherfucker. like a concrete sofa or something yeah. like that. Jeez. Oh, Death man. He still, gets, he still gets salty over it. I, I, I laugh every time. It's amazing. Um, and I guess after... I guess the main game I've been kind of playing... Um, that I was alluded to earlier. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. So, two years ago, uh, Falcom announced that for the 10-year anniversary of uh, the Trail series, or the Kiseki series as it is, known in Japan. Um, so they announced a 10th anniversary title called uh, Akatsuki no Kiseki. And then people were like, uh, okay, cool. you know. And people didn't really know what, what it was going to be. And it kind of fell off the radar for two years. It was supposed to launch last year sometime in 2015. But it just game development is hard, so things happen behind the scenes and whatnot. So about a week ago... I think, yeah, just shortly, like a, a week or two ago, um, they started uh, holding uh, pre-registrations uh, to it because Akatsuki no Kiseki uh, turns out to be, hey, it's a, it's a free-to-play browser game. So cool. it, so how it actually you boot it up is you go to the site and actually installs a Unity player for it on your desktop. And so I was like, okay, I'm kind of curious. I'm a big Kiseki fan. Uh, let's dive into this. So I uh, do the pre-registration. I get get into the open beta. Open beta lasted like like maybe three to four days. I'm like, okay, all right. So I go into it and I see it's like, oh, it's structured like very much identically to a, a MOBA game. It has an AP system, like action points of how much you can do. Stamina, it, good it, times. Yep, it has a, it has it has a gotcha system for it to get new characters. God. They have the they have star ratings. God, you this know? stuff just I have no affinity for that type of stuff. So, just uh, like immediate like non interest, but <laughs> and uh, so I'm leaning more into this system, and I'm like, okay. Uh, so you get so you can get characters one one star to five stars on that gotcha. I'm like, okay, then what's the actual, like, what's the setup for this game? What, what is it? Because the actual game development itself isn't from Falcom. You can see that Falcom definitely had a hand in some, like, art aspects and, you know, licensing rights to use the music because most of the music in this game is from, like, the, the Libero and Crossbell arc of the Trail series. Um, but... Uh, well, kind of like how, like, the... Um... The Trails in the Sky or Sora no Kiseki Revolution or Evolution games like are de- are developed by someone else. Yeah, and, and then there's that other. I, I get them mixed up in the middle, like Neyuta no Kiseki. Yeah, was Neyuta like, no Kiseki, us, like definitely like not that, that's that's not Falcom either. It's oh, kind of its own yeah. thing. Yeah, it's not even like part of the, not even considered part of the canon. There's like, like a history of Falcom handing things off to a different developer. Yeah, <laughs> since like the ease like Donabies and all that other stuff. Yep. So this is from developer user Joy Japan, and then uh, the setup of this. It's weird because the, even the setup of this is kind of awkward because this. This like kind of considered a canonical, uh, canonical story. There's it takes place like at the first half of Aonokiseki, which never got localized. It's part of the Crossbell 
arc in the trail series uh consisting of zero nokiseki now nokiseki so basically basically in between trails in the sky and trails of cold steel right? yeah yeah yep. the stuff that we're missing yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that, that missing piece yeah and, and it's <laughs> funny because like at, like when you go into this game like the, the obviously like the, the initial premise of it is a spoiler but like as you like meet all crossbells um residents uh, some of the characters like this actually like spoils a good bit of zero in the kaseki so like if you're going to this and you can read japanese but you never played those games like you might unintentionally spoil yourself on it so the the, the basic like story of this is you're playing these uh, new characters uh to the kaseki series knocked vice uh he's a, a squad leader of a of a core and um at the very beginning it's kind of a grim premise right right at the offset he had uh like a squad of, like fellow war orphans and uh, the rest of those war orphans are kind of like murdered by like pursuing enemies, and he's the sole survivor of it. Murder. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So uh, it, like he was so fucking bummed out that like you know quits his career as uh, part of that core, and uh, just like in the Trails in the Sky games, he joins the Bracer Guild. Bracer Guild is basically not really necessarily the police force. They're kind of like Boy uh, Scouts. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, it's got like scouts. a mix between Boy Scouts and police or something. Yeah, they're they're, they're kind of like uh, upstanding citizens that have like uh, not militaristic power, but like kind of like a uh, Minutemen almost. Like, uh, so they're they're kind of like separate from like government. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. Anyone who plays Trail, anyone who plays Trails in the Sky knows. Yeah. Yeah, they have their own institutions, and whatnot. So this takes a different angle on this, because this uh, beginning of this takes place in Crossbell, and you're. Unlike in the Crossbell arc, where you're playing as a police cop or a police officer, uh, you're actually uh, a bracer inside Crossbell. So it, uh, the gameplay flow in terms of the story is very much like that. You're taking on requests from the Bracer Guild. Uh, a lot of the similar story beats from Trails in the Sky happens, kidnappings, bomb defusals, etc., etc., whatnot uh, go on. And you see a lot of familiar faces that uh, are from that Crossbell arc and also in the Trails in the Sky Libero arc. So, so you you win the game when you unlock Cassius Bright, right? That's when you win. <laughs> <laughs> so the the funny thing is, I've I've been uh, collaborating uh, a lot with the Falcom community on this game. Uh, one of them has been uh, data mining uh, the game, and uh, he got uh, cut-ins for like the the super crafts on it. So uh, there's actually one for Cassius, so he might be playable at some point in this game. <laughs> oddly enough, so it's really. It, it, in terms of like gameplay, it's very much uh, a trails game. You explore dungeons. The it's weird how they design dungeons in this Unity player. It's like it it seems blank at first. You have to kind of fill out the map, but as you're filling out the map, like the the map constructs itself block by block as you're walking through it. That makes sense. Um, so you're going through these dungeons. Um, you can break. There's breakable objects. Obviously, enemies on the field. And um, there's traps and whatnot. And when you go into actual combat, uh, it's like the, your usual interface, turn-based. There's the the whole turn bonus system. You can disrupt uh, enemy turns by using uh, uh, crafts, uh, which is like interrupt your skills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you can also like mess with the turn order by uh, like casting uh, like magic. And then like since magic takes a while to like charge up. It'll take a, another turn to actually cast it. So you can yeah, like, so this, I, I I haven't played Cold Steel, but this mm-hmm. sounds very similar to the mm-hmm. Trails in the Skies games. Yeah. So yeah, so, yeah uh, the gameplay flow is very much like Yuseki. Are, are there like orbit stuff? Yeah, uh, I was gonna, gonna get to that, but yeah, there's the whole 
Like I can't I can't imagine what a person feels like when they go into this game without knowing trails at all. Because it, I mean, those people aren't gonna. I, wa- I, play I this. wonder. <laughs> I wonder. Like I wonder if they will though, because they, they, this is filled with an orbment system as well. You uh, you have to unlock. You have a whole like Sepith system, which is like in the Trails games, like like these little crystal elemental crystals. So you yeah. use those to like you know slot them. Uh, they're actually like you slot them into the. Um, like I mean, in the, in the in the Trails in the Sky game, you use Sepith to make. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, not my bad. You, you make say, orbs. You use like Sepith. Sepith to make orbits, yeah. which, which then you put into, or you, uh, terminology, you use yeah. Sepith to make quartz, which mm-hmm. you use you in the orbit system. Yeah, to slot like them that. in. That, that's, your, yeah. that's, that's how you get your magic spells from those quartz that you slot in. And then you can, you actually have to unlock, you know, orbit slots using Sepith. Yeah, right. that's right. So just like so, this sounds just like Trails. Just, uh, just like it, so, it has all that. You you use that. You can uh, upgrade your quartz uh, using Sepith as well to get the stat bonus. And the the way that the orbit system works is that there there are lines that are on your orbit thing, your orbit slot. There's like paths. So um, if you use uh, quartz of uh, the same elemental attribute. It can unlock uh, more higher tier elemental spells because of that, and then usually, le- and then other lines uh, are there to slot in other different things of elemental attributes to get higher tier spells as well. So having like say a single line of these is very awesome because you can just stack all those into one line, uh, granting you access to all the higher level shit without having right. to about other different lines. Man, but fucking the like describing like Kiseki, like this the base gameplay system is already hard enough because just, there's so much like. It, I mean, it's it's not it, if, if if I I have I've only played Trails in the Sky, only one and a half of those, but this this sounds I'm I'm following you. Uh-huh. It's, it's, okay. it's basically the same. Um, I I remember when playing Trails in the Sky, like I know when you when you connect certain courts, you do get special like attacks, yes. like depending on which courts you do. Yep. I, like I'm the type of player where I just kind of put them in randomly and get what I get. And I, I know in general, like the more blue quartz they have, the more healing you have and the more red quartz you have, the more fire abilities you have. Yeah. But like, I never pay too much attention to like the exact like configuration of these things, but <laughs> yeah. So, but it's something like that. It sounds like pretty much. So like uh, big things here in this game, like that really separated from being a Kiseki game is one, like there, there have been airships in those games. But you actually get to manage one in here. Like you can, you go to an overworld map and you can fly an airship around like different cities and stuff to get their quests and whatnot. But the main thing about here is like there's a whole management aspect of this inside that airship that's identical to XCOM. Like you know that anthill perspective of like uh, digging out like you know uh, like space but to put uh, shit in. It's exactly like that, and that you have to like unlock a, you have to upgrade this airship. To gain more fa- facilities, and then you use Mira, which is the money in the game in the Kiseki games, to uh, unlock a room, and then you build a facility in there. Uh, so it's exactly like that. It takes like real life uh, time to get these uh, things done, and they're they're like a lot of auxiliary systems. So like one is for you know making uh, Mira, generating Mira. One is for generating Sepith. One is for making food. Um, there's also even one that uh, generates uh, the, like the in-game currency to like roll the gacha, so like you can actually make your own like in money in-game money currency to roll that gacha in, uh, and it takes like it, it 
for to roll one, you need 250 of those, and then but the, to generate them, it takes 12 hours in real time to generate 50 of them. The, the fact that you even have the ingredients to even do it. It's it's fucking insane, but it's really fun I, because I like Yoseki a lot. Now you've lost me because I don't play these types of games. Like, uh, sure. Yep, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, there's a, there's a lot of these. And the, the, it, it's kind of... it. I'm impressed because they were a, they're able to nail like it being a Trails game inside this MOBA game framework. But I guess that that having years and years of like this gameplay system being built up in the series already uh, works to their advantage because they don't have to think about like, hey, what kind of gameplay system do we have for our fucking MOBA game? I don't know. Like, like they, they don't have to think about that. They're like, just at the point in the series, it's like, okay, we'll uh, get exactly what's in there and put it, it in our game. Easy enough. And then there, you know, there's, a, there's a lot of characters that you can, uh, memorable characters from the series that you can roll for, you know? There's a lot of fan favorites in there. There's a lot that like, uh, from the data mine that like a future events and future characters to be added, it's like, oh fuck, like I, uh, I, I don't want to stick with this, but, but you're will... you're gonna stick, you're gonna stick with it until they unlock Chloe. Oh yeah, hundred percent, like right. for sure. <laughs> uh, it, it it's also funny because like usually these types of games, like if I'm going in solo on it, I'll stick with it for maybe a few weeks just to see to scope out like the entirety of like what they're going for. Um, but since like I'm like now collaborating with like the Falcom English community on this as well, like we're learning like all sorts of new shit like every day and like like trying to discuss like the meta and the balance of the game as well. It's I I don't know how long this is gonna stick with you, man. I don't now. Do you do you think this game will like be like a necessary play if you want to understand this like? Later games in the series, maybe? No, I don't. No, there's definitely I'm a different the, developer, so I doubt it. The, 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 uh, yeah. Like it, it, it sits itself well on the story of like you know it makes sense why like you know where they chose where they are, but in terms of like understanding more of like the world itself, it's not definitely not necessary. It's the same yeah, characters. I figured that was going to be your yeah. answer, but the, just it's not quite the same. Actually, pretty different. But yeah, when, I, when you think of like long running JRPG series with like connecting stories, Kaseki is a good example of one. Another not ne not necessarily good example is Kingdom Hearts. And like I see this stuff now on Twitter about their new browser slash mobile game, and like all this all these characters and and things for kingdom hearts like i have no idea what the heck these are kingdom hearts unchained yes. yeah mm -hmm. i'm talking about unchained unchained chi or unchained it looks like x unchained yeah, it's, x it's chi. uh and then like i'm like man i hope i don't need to know any of this stuff for kingdom hearts 3 because i am not interested yeah i know um, you don't not, it's not, definitely not, that, not not that kingdom hearts is you know easy to understand as it is anyway <laughs> no you definitely yeah. don't it's, it's just a bunch of avatars that's all it is it's it's just to get people interested in the series period uh, i'll give i'll give uh, falcom a lot of credit though because it takes balls to like have like a long-running series with this like kind of in-depth like it's world building i mean characters it's really it's really the only one like it. <laughs> it's it's amazing i mean there, there's also the at the time of this recording we're about a week uh, out from trails of cold steel 2 coming out in the u.s and I, I'm 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 very interested in like you know the localization for that because I'm 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 always I always give Exceed praise about the way they localize Trails of Cold Steel because they made it the script in itself they made it a better game to me than the original Japanese release because that reads a more likable character in it uh, compared to his Japanese counterpart I, I really like what they do uh, with, uh, with the script on that it gives it a lot more life mm -hmm. and uh, I. I, I need to catch up 
on Trails. I like I said, I played Trails in the Sky first chapter, and then I played half of second chapter, and that's it. I kind of got <laughs> it's okay. It's, a, it's okay. You, you have <laughs> all these goals at some there. point. Well, so, so uh, and so that's what you've been up to, Josh. Is a lot of Akatsuki. You know, yeah, Akatsuki. I, I, and if anyone's wondering if this is going to get localized, probably no. not. This very <laughs> very minimal chances will get localized. But yeah, there's a lot of games. Then yeah, the... every every other week you seem to have a lot on your plate, and that's that's awesome. Uh, but Adam, you said you you obviously have not gotten around to playing those the rest of the trails are called Still Second Chapter, uh, not trails are called Still Second Chapter. That's <laughs> that'd be let's not go that far deep into the Falcon <laughs> Library, but trails of uh, trails in the sky second okay. chapter. But you've been playing some Botan Kaitos. Yeah, so I said last on our last podcast, like. Um, this summer, I'm moving soon. I finished up my degree. I'm kind of like in this weird transition in terms of like what I'm actually doing with my life. And I just kind of decided to play some old games that I've had for a while and just some backlog, you know, blitzing here. And last time I was, I played Baton Kaitos Origins or Baton Kaitos, Baton Kaitos, or however you yeah. pronounce it. Baton <laughs> Kaitos. Uh, I, I played Origins first because my brother played it and we owned it. And I, I, I said this on the last podcast. I really, really dug that game. Like everything about it um, has this, kind of this turn-based battle system that is really nothing like anything else. Um, but anyways, I decided after that, you know what? Let me just play the other game, which is the original Baton Kaitos, which is which follows afterwards. Obviously, Origins by name is a prequel. Um, so I'm playing the original. And kind of, I, I was told before going in that this is weaker in every way, and I can kind of see why. It really is a lesser game in most regards. It's the story and characters are a little bit more generic JRPG. Um, the structure is a little bit more generic. Like you have five continents, each with their own like special thing, and five elements, and it's Oof. just really yeah, it's just it's like really structured and all that. Um, but uh, is someone is someone pressing a controller? Because I'm hearing some tapping going on. Uh, anyways, the... <laughs> I just hear like a, a controller being pressed pretty loudly. I was just curious who was playing a video game while podcasting. That's all. <laughs> let me let me gather my thoughts here. So, yeah. Bet and Kaito is the card system. They both use a card system. The original is totally different. It's it's almost like a game of war. Uh, you know, this card game war, just <laughs> very, very basic, which number trumps the other. Um, Are you talking about the mobile game, game of war? No, not that game of war. <laughs> but it's just like you you play attack cards in a row. And they the, the, the defender can play defense cards in a row. They don't have to. Um, but each character gets their own deck. You have to, you have to basically uh, micromanage each character's deck with, with weapon cards, item cards, defense cards, and special attacks. And so the, this game requires quite a bit of micromanagement, which I know some people, that's just an immediate red flag. Like, I don't want to do that. But I, I really like games like this because it gives me that level of agency, that level of control over how I want my characters to play and how I, how I approach battle. So despite being a weaker game than Origins in story and combat and music and basically everything, I, I do kind of like this level of control I have over my party and how I'm, how I'm playing and... Uh, it's also a more difficult game than Origins. There's been a quite a there's been a couple of bosses where I have to like think about okay, this boss loves to use paralysis attacks, so I need to find a way to get around that and uh, or or managing elements or um, which character has the move set that works best and things like that. Um, so 
I'm near the end of the game now. Uh, this, these both the Bait and Kaido's games are long. They're like yeah. at least they're, they're oh, at yeah. least they're at least 50 hours each. Um, so they're pretty long games. It was a bit of a time commitment to go through them. Um, but I'm gl- especially with Origins. I'm really glad I decided to go back and play these because it's it, uh, Origins especially, but both of them are probably up there on my favorite GameCube game like list. So do they hold up Ooh. these days? Uh, I should mention. Bait and Kaido's Origins has, I think, phenomenal localization and voice acting. It's it it was done by it was done by Eight Four. Oh, okay, uh, has, cool. Yeah. They, they have a pretty stellar track record of this mm-hmm. stuff. Then Bait and Kaito's the original. I'm. It's not Eight Four. I don't know if it was just. It's a Namco published. I don't know if it was just like internal Namco uh, or Nintendo localized. I don't know. Um, but the voice acting is really god awful. Uh, and <laughs> uh, not only that, but the quality is terrible. Like they're like. It, it not maybe not like uh, like Final Fantasy twelve, but you know it, do, it does sound like people are talking through like a a tin can or something. And so I actually had to turn the voices off pretty early because oh, yeah, just um, but also um, it, it kind of reminds me of like Suikoden five um, came out a little bit a little bit before that. But the character models and things on the bat, on the on the field are really kind of low quality. Um, and they really aren't. They really aren't animated. They're kind of just like almost like chess pieces, just kind of walking around these pre-rendered backgrounds. The pre-rendered backgrounds are nice, um, but like most of the dialogue and cutscenes are done like visual novel style, if you call it that. You know, just a portrait with text. Um, so it's not really. Besides, like the 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 art style and the and the uh, the pre-rendered backgrounds, like the models and the enemy models and the character models and things like that are. You know, you can tell this game was made in 2002 or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, the voice acting in this in the first one is terrible. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I'm starting to remember a little now. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Like there's, I mean, just kind of, I mean, the voice acting is bad all around. But like for the one that was like kind of like the red flag to make me switch it, the the, the voices <laughs> off. There's a character who is who whose attacks are like musical based. Um, and, oh. his, and his and his special attacks are things like accelerando or presto, you know, Italian uh, words. And of course, they give him like this really cheesy, like Italian accent. <laughs> and it and it typical. Yeah, and it and it doesn't sound. And I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not trying to say it doesn't like fit or anything. It's, it, but it doesn't sound like something like Ezio and Assassin's Creed. It's just like this really like cartoony Italian like accent. Like it's like super and hammy. Like hey. it's a me. Yeah. <laughs> And then, like, yeah, I, I, I turned, I turned the voice off before I got to these scenes. But this character has some, like, has some scenes where he's like kind of depressed and, you know, kind of angsty about. It's a not to me. Yeah, about these, about these, uh, about these, uh, events in his life. And I could just imagine hearing the voice for that, like, I'm like, not, now, like after this, not being believable. The character is Liude. I, I, one last thing I'll say is, it is kind of neat. Like, I'm so Origins came out second. Yeah. Bait and Kaidos was the original. But you really can kind of play them in either order. They kind of spoil each other, and it, it was kind of nice. Like for example, one of the one of the characters in the Bait and Kaido's Origins, one of the main antagonists, um, he has a younger sister who's like three or four years old, and she doesn't really do a whole lot in Bait and Kaido's Origins. And I just thought she was just a random named NPC, like who, who you know, just. Just a character, just a there, you know, just having a minor contribution to the game. And then in this game, it turns out now she's an assassin. She's 25 years old and joined her party and is one of the cooler characters in the game. 
Um, and then one of the characters is like the like the nephew of the character in the in Bait and Catalyst Origin. So even though I'm playing them in reverse release order, it is kind of nice to see like those character callbacks or or, or relations mm-hmm. uh, between the two. Um, I, there is some, there does feel there does seem to be some uh, discrepancy between the two games in terms of tone. Um, this gets into a little bit of the spoiler stuff, but when you learn about the main conflict in the original Bait and Kaitos, but knowing what I know from Bait and Kaitos origin, it kind of feels like it doesn't really mesh very well. Like it doesn't, they, they tried to connect onto it with Bait and Kaitos origins, but it's not the best connection. It's okay. Uh, I know I'm being vague because I don't want to basically give the spoiler away, yeah. but it, 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 it does feel like there's, it doesn't really fit together as well as it should. It's like, well, I'm fighting this guy right now, but I, from what I know in Origins, what they're saying about it isn't exactly correct. And, I, I'm know, never usually just, a fan oh. of like big tonal shifts like that from each like from one installment to the next, like just total 180 installment. Yeah. I mean, 180 tone shift, I so, mean. I, this isn't a. I, I know who cares about spoilers from these old games, but the I main the, the main the main enemy in these games is Malpercio. It's like this evil god, but you learn stuff about him in both games that they, they don't really just, they don't really contradict each other, but it it changes how you view these things. So, it, like I'm fighting these Malpercio th- enemies now, and it, it just doesn't. It feels just a little bit wrong, uh, and it's just. I, I bet some of the. For people who played them in, in in release order, I bet some of the uh, some of the revelations and origins were interesting to say the least. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm trying to like ima- like trying to hear how the Italian dude now says Malpercio now. Yeah, <laughs> Malpercio. I don't know. <laughs> Good. I don't know. I, I turned off the voices relatively early, so I, I think I heard him say like two or three lines before I was like turned it off nope. and there's, there's 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 other things too that just don't like it's a fantasy game um so it's you know it, it kind of creates this believable fantasy world and then there's other things too like you cannot turn off battle voices and one of the things you can do in battle is take a picture of your enemies um with the camera and like your main character is like say cheeseburger it's like the cheesiest <laughs> voice and it's yes. like come on <laughs> it's like a turtle sonata almost <laughs> That's like great. The cheesy lines, yeah. <laughs> or, or, or like, or or the original Wild Arms. Uh, in yeah, the, lo- the yeah. localization they make uh, the oh. girl, the girls like my favorite food are cheeseburgers, and I, of course that's not what it was in the Japanese version. Yeah. <laughs> like, why are there cheeseburgers in the Wild West? Why not? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, it, I, I I really enjoyed going back and visiting these games. That's just, awesome. Just a cup, a pair of a pair of old RPGs on my long backlog that I want to get to someday. So. But 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 it's, what is your favorite GameCube game, Adam? You mentioned your top it's, five. It's got to be Metroid Prime. Ooh. That's a good. That's a good choice. That's a good choice. I'm yeah. looking over at my tiny little GameCube collection, and actually, I do have Button Kaitos. I should play that sometime. There you but go. I don't. I can't think of maybe Fantasy Star Online Episode Two or something like that. Like also something old. Choice. Yeah, not, I mean, I, Wind Waker. Wind Waker. Actually, that'd be my top one. I think. Yeah. yeah. Four Swords Adventures. Sorry, go ahead. I'm cutting you off. I mean, all I was saying is like, yeah, the GameCube didn't have like a vast library, no. but you know, people always praise it for a couple of standout titles. And I would it's a they... lot. It's a lot better than people give it credit for. I'll say. Yeah, that. it's just I, like I, Wii and Wii U. <laughs> way better than the Wii U. I, I would say yeah. probably better than those. Uh, yeah. 
but in, like, terms, in terms of like having like uh, like libraries that only had like uh, that I don't really have a big it fondness for Robo them. was in it. That was uh, I don't have a big fondness for like their overall libraries, but there are some standout titles in like. Yeah, so I mean, I, like I said, I would put Bait and Kaido's Origins on my on that. I would basically put... standout. It's it's great. It's got the best Fire Emblem game. <laughs> That's it's one. Got, it's got That's the. Great. It's got the Resident Evil remake. That's my favorite uh, GameCube game. Sorry. Yes. It's also a good choice. What about the remake of the remake? I mean, and the uh, the best Paper Mario game and Metroid yes. Primes and all that. Metroid you know? Primes. It's first the best best Smash Brothers. Uh, yeah. You play those games. Yeah. Definitely <laughs> the most definitely the most beloved Smash Brothers. Smash Brothers. It's all about sixty four. Probably not the best Mario game. Though. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Just joking. Mario Kart, yeah. So, uh, not the best Mario Party. No, let's not talk about those. Well, speaking of about going back in time to play some old games, Kyle, you've been catching up on your backlog. It looks like too. Yeah, like I always have. Um, for I, I'm finally jumping back into The Witcher Three. I started playing it from scratch this time. Oh, that's really tough. <laughs> well, I got before the first playthrough. It was only um, it was back in December, and uh, I got it to. Uh, test out my new computer and I played about 18 hours and I got to the end of the Bloody Baron quest and I kind of stopped there because I got distracted by uh, Final Fantasy VIII and Dragon Qu- and Dragon's Dogma. That was it. And <laughs> Don't it was... confuse the two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dragon's Dogma. Oh, it's a yeah. Giant's Quest crossover. But anyway, yeah. I almost said Dragon's Quest. Um, but uh, now I'm about... I'm like 40 hours in. I'm just really adoring it. It's a game, you know, talked about lots. So I don't know if any, I won't talk about it too much because, but it is really exceptional. And how, how is reason, it going back to like, like the, the, all the revamped, like gameplay systems with all the patches? Oh, and whatnot? It's, it's so much better. That game is so much better. Cause like, I remember I played it at a friend's house when it came, like the month that came out like last May or May 2015, and I remember, like, Geralt felt so, like, awkward and stiff to control. <laughs> he, like, hit the thumbstick, and it would take a second or two for him to get going, yeah. Yeah, they they have, like, because there was just a huge patch for it just, like, earlier this week. Um, just, like, more bug fixes, more uh, fine-tuning, and obviously to coincide with the release of the uh, the Game of the Year edition. Yeah. And honestly, like, this is the best time to play that game by far. Like, way yeah. better than even when you came out. Because, like, they have new yeah. type trolls, new performance enhancements. Uh, uh, I, new menu. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the item comparison and everything is so much better. It's so, it's so, it's much more elegant system than it was before. They, they really have revamped. They, they kept working on that game despite the fact that it came out so long ago now. Well, over a year ago now. And the Game and... of the Year edition just came out recently, too. That's yeah. uh, that's what you're saying. Yeah, that's the thing, though, is that I can just say at least CD Projekt Red doesn't have a whole lot of projects, so it makes sense. The next game is Cyberpunk's so the need to keep their funding going before they can worry about that. I mean, uh, like, I haven't played Witcher 3, and my, my, my brother, my twin, has, and we actually got our younger brother, the we bought him the game of the year condition or we're going to, or is it out yet? Or is it coming yeah, out? It, uh, it came out last week, this past okay. week. Okay. We bought him the game of the year edition. Um, and my brother, like basically like, I kind of envy him because of all the, he gets the expansions. He get all the, bug he gets fixes the complete and, experience. Yeah. The complete like, experience. The best experience. Here, 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 
here's 150 hours of content. It's like the Mass Effect trilogy. You bought a friend that. It's It's 150 is like being generous. It's like it's a super super long game, but it's all worth it. If you want it it to be, yeah, you can just play the main story. But I'm sorry. Well, and I think it's worth mentioning, like from what I hear, like I said, I haven't played it, but like a lot of these the the side quests and expansion content really feels like organic and how. Oh yeah, it's it's a lot better than I think. Because like open world RPGs like this, like the the Elder Scrolls games, the whatnot, are often I, I don't click with them because they have um, what they always remind me of is Elder Scrolls Oblivion, and what I what I mean by that is they have like little activities for you to do instead of like meaningful quests. Like oh there's and I bring up Oblivion specifically because there were Oblivion gates everywhere, and I'm like oh I'm gonna go close an Oblivion gate because that's important to the story because <laughs> the game's called Oblivion. Why would you go close the Oblivion? <laughs> And and uh, and it just they're just like really shallow dungeons where you go kill a bunch of enemies and then walk out. Uh, Oblivion uh, is dungeon the game pretty much. Like they have like a bunch of made up dungeons. That's all it is. Yeah, it is. Um, but this like the quests are all meaningful and like you meet character. Like the writing is super super exceptional. I mean, we 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 gave it our best writing award like easily last year. Yeah, uh, like uh, no, I, I think I I think we I think the Trails series had a we gave it a run, but. Um, we gave Witcher. I, I forget what the category, what we called it exactly, but best writing was Witcher, far none. Well, even <laughs> there's story. so many. Yeah, there's so many little, like obviously the Bloody Baron one's kind of like the one. It's the first big one that people get to, and uh, it's kind of like a powerful theme about like the uh, the importance of parenting. What I would say. Oh, if you want about. to put it that way, <laughs> um, the shittiness of parenting. <laughs> yeah, the, the importance, not just with. I don't mean with just the the. Uh, bloody baron quest i mean with uh, how it, i think that's the over if i were to say what is this game's story about or what is its themes like that that would be what i think that game is about that's but um and it is stupidly good looking like I'm, i swear i'm not trying to brag when i say this but i bought a gtx 1080 and like maxing it all out at like 1440p with like even the stupid hair physics shit and it's like oh it's mm. so gorgeous I, I think you're bragging. <laughs> yeah tress effect it, it looks video game hair with tress effects I, it, it looks really stupid because like Geralt's hair bounces around like yeah, it's made like, of like any musical movement is just like yeah like, five, great five, five, <laughs> And they do that thing where, like, even if someone's indoors, their hair blows yes. around. <laughs> I, I love it, it through cutscenes. <laughs> yeah, it's really goofy, but um, yeah, I love I love that game. But uh, the other game I've been playing, uh, it's not an RPG, but the the main reason I've been don't playing RPG. it is uh, it's because I've been playing too many. Like that's all I've been playing this year. Like, uh, what did I just play? I played uh, Star Ocean uh, Five, and then I played Path of Exile, and then I played. Uh, Witcher three, so I'm like, yeah, I need to play too. something. You, yeah. you, 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 you read Dark Souls for us, and yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> like I said, Dragon's Dogma, Final Fantasy, VIII, blah 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 blah. But um, so I'm like, I am going to play. I'm going to go back and play Half Life two. Hell and, yeah, putting uh, that 1080 uh, good views. Exactly right. <laughs> I remember when I was afraid to boot that game up in 2004 because I thought I wasn't going to be able to run it at all. But uh, Half Life two is just aged. Uh, like marvelously like you know i played you know doom earlier this year and while i love doom and i think it's an excellent shooter with like really excellent combat and everything like half-life 2 is still the king it's still it's such an it's one of those like people are probably going to hate me for using this term but it's like one of those like legendary games like an ocarina of time or something it's definitely a, it's just... a, a turning point in the definitely one of the key mark hallmark things in the gaming industry for sure 
Yeah, where it's like everything, where a lot of its ideas still feel like ahead of their time, despite the fact that this game is 12 years old. Like, like they added a physics system, which at the time was practically non-existent. Like most games didn't have physics, physics systems, but like it actually uses physics to like do puzzles mm-hmm. and it's really important to the level design and all this stuff. Like they didn't just like they added like the gravity gun is like one of the most iconic weapons like ever. And yep. uh, I forgot how fun that fucking thing is. Jesus, there's something about like grabbing a saw blade and tossing it at like the <laughs> head crab zombies, and it's it's just hilarious. But it uh, that game, it feels like every moment, not a single moment is being wasted. Like there's some things that aren't so great about it, like the vehicle sections are kind of crappy. But uh, uh, it it it's it holds up really well, and it, it was it's nice to play something besides like an, an all-consuming time. Uh, uh, RPG of some sort, but yeah, and Half Life Two is just so exceptional, and in, in some sense, it's kind of bumming me out in the set because uh, I know that this story is probably never going to be finished at this uh. point. <laughs> I really don't think that they're going to make another Half Life game. Uh, uh, it's it's, it's crazy because Half Life Episode Two is the best one, I think. That was such and a it has like, and it has such a giant cliffhanger too. Yeah, like, yep. oh, I can't talk about it, but that was such yeah. an amazing way to end that. But it's and they have I mean, the, they have like the the footage like what's going to happen after that too so it's okay I mean, maybe the, before we all die we'll know <laughs> the, go, the going rumor of uh, why there's no new half-life is that uh they were actually really deep in development on uh on a half-life three because originally it was just going to be episode three yeah yeah like we have to make but they were working on a Half-Life 3 and then they saw the reaction to Mass Effect 3 and what Bioware had to go through with like people doxing them and, you know, just acting like absolute children and idiots. And well, that that's, was... wasn't I'm, so, I'm sorry to cut you off, but wasn't episode one and two, one and two was supposed to be in place of Half-Life 3 in a way? I thought that was well, like there, there was going to be an episode three as well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they changed it to uh half-life 3 and then they saw the reception to mass effect oh, right. and the, and they're like well this you know we have all these like projects like cs go and dota 2 and like so we can we'll just follow the these... money yeah, yeah. Uh, we're a half-life 3 can't even make as much money as a dota 2 or a cs no, go at this point like it, and they cut all the like, it's just not worth them for them to make that game because the expectations for it are astronomically high. Because if it's anything short of perfect, people will hate it I just, and be really yeah. mad about it. No, and I don't. And I don't play a ton of shooters, but like I have to imagine the shooter landscape has changed so much that a Half-Life Three would be so different from. Excuse me, Doom just came out and that blew everyone away. I think they could come out with a new Half-Life at this point. The, only, the one, the one thing about and a new Doom, system shocks about yeah. Anyway, the one thing about Doom though is like. Uh, it was kind of a the antithesis to a lot of modern shooters, um, yeah. and kind of like I think the everyone kind of expected that game to be shitty too. Because like, on, ironically enough, since we're talking about all these old shooters, it's like at the time when Half Life Two came out, there was a big rivalry between it and and Valve for do, between Doom Three and Half Life Two. Because like at the time, they both had crazy graphics that were way better than anything else at the time, and just in totally different in, ways. Yeah, yeah, just in physics. totally different ways. Yeah. And and then Half Life Two like really came out the victor in that competition. Like not even close as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, because um, Doom Three was such an old school type of game, while Half Life Two was more physics focused and more realistic graphics, not like crazy cartoony almost Doom Three. And, style. I, had, and I had really, it had really fun characters and things like that. And but yeah, that, that that's that's the bummer kind of of playing this. It's like 
Yeah, <laughs> we'll probably never know. We'll, we'll never. I can't say it. What happens at the end of episode two? But we're probably never going to know what happens. Oh Maybe they'll release a visual novel or something. Oh, here yeah. we go. All right. Is there? Someone's. A, I'm sure fans made that by now. <laughs> There's a Freeman path, right? I just. I was so in love with Half Life Two. That's one of my favorite games for sure. Same. Same. It's so good. But that. That's all I've really been playing. Great. Uh, so that's that's kind of where I'm sitting at. Um, so up on the site, you can see I reviewed God Eater 2, Rage Burst. I already reviewed Resurrection earlier in August. And yeah, it's not to talk too much about it because we've been talking about our games for a while now. But yeah, Rage Burst seems like more of the same um, after I was playing it. Uh, this, the character's a lot better. Not as a lot better than most of the cast in Resurrection, so I was, I was okay with that. The voice acting is on point, a lot better than I think people expected, especially in this one. The first one seemed bizarre just because we already had uh, something to compare it to with God Eater 1 with uh, the original coming out, and that had voice acting as well. But it was more... like they, The voice acting in God God's Eater Burst was better with the characters. In Resurrection, it seemed like way out of line, and bizarrely so in some ways with some characters like soma laughing it's like what? soma shouldn't be laughing what the fuck's going on i know there uh, are recurring characters from first god year game into how about how's their voice acting in two just about the same just as about they the were same. in the first yeah because the games the obviously the voice um directing the directing was done so close together that the character personality transferred over to rage burst pretty closely i guess they're a little more grim but that's it, it's kind of hard to tell <laughs> just because it's the same voice actors um, it's hard to tell yeah that's the thing it's like in one it you felt you think that they should have felt grim because the world was ending and all these origami beasts are about to kill everyone but they seem to be kind of chipper <laughs> which was bizarre, kind of awkward at times when they're having a good laugh and talking about going home and having a good bite to eat and so, a lot of sleep i'm just like Exactly. Um, <laughs> but Rage Burst, I like the characters, I like the voice acting a lot more with the other uh, ones that are exclusive to that version. They're better done, uh, and they're just better designed and all kinds of things. I just like them a lot more. And but the systems are mostly the same. They introduce things like blood arts, which are like weapon specific special abilities. There's a ton of them, and you can even map them if you wanted to. What are your favorite and, weapons in two? Uh, it's I stick most, mostly with the scythe. Scythe, excuse me. Uh, just like in one. Uh, at least in Resurrection, I think it was new to that version of the game. I played the Scythe quite a lot, and that's kind of what I did. I'm not much of a gun person unless the monster is trying to run away, and then I just hit him from behind and just pull him back. But I like the Scythe. It's really cool. The game runs a lot smoother. It's it's nicer to look at. Josh, you played the PC version, so you have a better experience than I did about that since I played the PS4 version. Yeah, I, I played. Uh, I have an article up on the site just uh, uh, showing, like you know, what are the what's the pc port looking like options how does it run uh very very cool stuff i'm, I'm glad that the, their, their pc porting job uh, has been top notch for these games um definitely uh uh in terms of like monster hunter type games on the pc there's not a lot of like you know amazing offerings that tokiden pc port i i heard wasn't that great so and a lot of people uh you know i've been kind of starving for it and i've heard a lot of great things that i'm kind of surprised like at how robust uh that the control configuration was i was kind of i, I kind of wanted to test out my uh, arcade fight stick on it because i know that was an option for it <laughs> just to see how oh, ridiculous that's right. that would be. <laughs> yeah forgot about that but it's also cool that you can use your dual shock 4 with it it's on it's picked up right away when i was uh, um directed via uh, directly linked to my uh, pc via usb that picked it up uh just fine you played like that um but i think i didn't get too far into it i've 
I've been working on other things for the site as well. And yeah, I, I, I'm just glad that like uh, there's there's not a big like crazy debacle of like, oh man, this shit is like crashing my PC or like why are there like uh, random frame drops here or why is it just like a bad like PC on uh, PC port on release because we've heard that a lot over the past few months, you know, especially this year. Uh, so it's, I'm, it's, yeah, it, it, it's... Ha- it happens more often than we'd, we'd like it to. And I'm just glad that, you know, Bandai Namco got, stepped up. Yeah. Bandai Namco has been pretty good recently, except for Tales of Symphonia. Like I remember when Tales of Hysteria released, people were pretty happy about the PC port with the exception of like 60 frames per second, but that wasn't really a port thing. That was more just inherent. That, that was just like the programming of the game itself. It seemed like it didn't support it. Um, but anyway, like that was pretty good. And then like Symphonia came out and it was just like, I mean, I played that on PS3 and it was it was already a mess on PS3, kind of. And then it wasn't. It seemed like it was already it was worse on PC. So kind of kind of nice kind of <laughs> nice to see kind of nice to see uh, um, the God Eaters are apparently pretty pretty well done because the Resurrection on PC came out alongside Rage Burst, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's actually then, included with it. Yeah, and then um, then they have uh, of course uh, Berseria coming out next year in terms of Japanese PC games. Probably something else I can't think of. So I've actually had a weird situation of trying to get God Eater Resurrection on PC because the the pre-release code that I got was like didn't, only didn't, well, it's only Rage it. Burst. So there's like no way for me to actually get Resurrection unless like I buy Rage Burst on Steam. But that will but I can't because it's not on like because I it's already registered on my account. I don't oh, know. Oh, it's twenty bucks. Just buy it. No, no, <laughs> well, but, but, but he's already he, he already owns it, right? And then well, like, no, I, I, no, he doesn't. I, I have it on PC. Rage Burst on PC. I don't own Resurrection on any platform. Yeah, that's what he's saying. It's just like the the code in itself only unlocks Rage Burst, but not Resurrection. Yeah, that's the same as. I mean, it's it's funny because you gave me a physical copy. I mean, if you want Resurrection, I can give you the PS4. No, no, it's fine. Because it. <laughs> <laughs> it got, I got the physical copy for my review thing. But uh, yeah, other than just talking about like God Eater Two story being kind of stale for the couple dozen hours into the oh, game, it was sucks. not a whole lot was going on, which was kind of the same problem as Resurrection. There wasn't no uh, urgency unless you played like the really important story missions so that's the problem that i had i think mostly and that's why i kind of scored a little bit lower than resurrection i mean resurrection's boosted by the fact that it's only 20 dollars. but uh rage burst if it wants to compete with monster hunter and the like it needs to do a lot more i mean tokiden 2 is a huge jump from tokiden 1 because it's going open world apparently it's a lot better game better designed uh and there's all these other things happening um but God Eater seems like it's going to fall on the wayside other than that silly anime that I didn't like much. Um, I really because... wonder, yeah, if they're going to try to do another installment of it because it's kind of silent. Wants to. Now, remind, remind me, because I, sometimes I get, I get mixed up with how long ago these games actually released. God Eater 2 Rage Burst in Japan released like way back in 2014? It was like, well, yeah, Rage Burst was, yeah. That yes, was I mean, it, it took a while for it to get localized absolutely um, we never got it until now yeah so like i don't know uh, like if namco who that who would be developing exactly a god eater 3 but you know and it, namco it's the same well, i mean yeah. well i mean like which team but like what they would be working on if it's not god eater 3 then i don't you know i, I don't know what the N- namco bandai 
teams do exactly but like it's it's been a while since god eater 2 released it's been a couple of years oh are you talking about like the god eater team what they're working on i'm i'm almost convinced it's a god eater 3 i mean that's that only makes perfect sense it's a pretty popular series in japan even if it's a god eater 2 anime yeah, exclusive with the characters and that. <laughs> that'd be a bunch of how's that? How's like the the like the just in comparison to the first God Eater? How's like the character cohesiveness? Like just overall cast outside of Nana. Well, that's what I said. Uh, the character's a lot better. They're more likable. They're better designed. I think there's they're more interesting designs. But how about like personality-wise? How well they work together as like you know. The better. Yeah, that's that's kind of all I can say. Like okay. I said, there's not a whole lot of story okay. going on. I think the only character that I, I took issue with was like Julius, but mostly because his voice acting was like melodramatic like he would talk like a new, a new dawn will rise tomorrow and it's oh, just man. it was all this crazy like over the top so it's like avant-garde like and everything. everyone else was having a good time until you came over here julius and came up with your crazy one-liners that you want to try to sound cooler than you actually are um but it's 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 all right it's like the like i said the characters are better they're more likable that's okay. the important thing that i had trouble with in the in resurrection that i just couldn't stand some of them after a while especially when you hear the japanese voices but that's the thing is that in the first in resurrection i it was more jarring uh going from the japanese to english i mean the first game god's eater burst which i reviewed it was only in english as well so i'm used to that but hearing like watching the anime and hearing the voices of their characters and then playing resurrection after that uh, was kind of awkward, but then God Eater Two, the English voice acting is a lot better. They're, uh, they're better about staying in character, like in like in, in battle, like dialogue, like they're not like laughing as like they're slaughtering everything. Uh, there's still some weird things happening. I guess now I'm kind of numb to it, just because I played <laughs> uh, like 30, 40 hours of God Eater Resurrection, so I got used to that crazy stuff. Um, it's still there, but not as. It's it's better. It's better because okay. the weird thing about is that your avatar character would sometimes say the lines like, "Is the helicopter here yet? It's supposed to come from the east." Like it just she would see this all the time. I'm just like, "Why are you repeating <laughs> this after every single battle?" It's like I get it. Okay. Um, and, valid and question. In this in this game, uh, there's they're not the same lines. They're different lines, okay. and so it, it's better about that. But um, I, I just like I said, I had a much better time with God Eater Two. Like I mentioned in my review, it's the most polished game in the series. Um, better designed, uh, smoother models, things like that. But the maps are mostly the same. Origami is mostly the same. If not, they made some tweaks to their designs, but they're mostly like same kind of attack moves and stuff like that. But um, I could, I just took issue with the fact that it, it's only like a small step for the series and not the big leap, like I mentioned in the review, uh, that it needs to really set itself apart because it's not enough that it needs to be just as good as Monster Hunter. It needs to be a lot better. And that's my problem um, because uh, it already has a lot of the same features like chopping off limbs and taking materials and things like that. It's just not enough. But we're, com- we're talking about a game that was brought over here from like two or three years ago. So we can only hope that um, uh, God Eater 3 is a lot better. But from what I played, Tokuden Kiwami is still my favorite of this genre. So okay. that's, that's, that's kind of where I'm standing with that. But just like Kyle... I needed a break from RPGs. I talked about like the other a couple weeks ago when I started playing Metal Gear Solid Five, and I had a lot of fun with that. Um, I haven't touched that maybe a, a week since I had a review. Got it to and Attack on Titan. Uh, you can check a review for Attack on Titan, which was also uh, have a lot of fun to play. Just crazy, insanely cool. Just the concept itself is was already really cool, but then the feeling of flying through the air and chopping up 
Titans and experience in the story and the characters was great. The only thing I can say about that is that it'd be a lot better off watching the anime or reading the manga before we play the game just because there's so much context that's lost that they just do not have time for when they're making a video game to really inject that stuff in. Right. I think Arslan did a better job in injecting the anime material or you know the, the IP stuff into the actual game itself, even if some people seem to not enjoy that game as much. I think it's more because... Arslan leans more to the Dynasty Warriors style of having like a bunch of troops coming at you, whereas Attack on Titan is more like, okay, you've got like a hundred different Titans um, designs and all that that you fight, although it's mostly just like, here's a big one, here's a small one, here's another big one, and they've got like shields around their necks or something, I don't know. It's, it's, it, there's not much to change that, but it's just more fun, it's more, um, it, it's more, uh, uh, more of like a blockbuster movie, just playing out like way over the top, a lot of fun. Right. So I just had cool. I, I enjoyed that experience a lot more. Uh, both reviews up on the site, by the way. But um, what I was more getting to is a game that I've had a long history of anticipation for, and that's Owlboy. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys in the chat have uh, in the call have heard of Owlboy. You know, but... I, I I only heard it from you. Like you just said, this was in development for the longest time. I'm like, I'll I'll take your word for it because man, I I have no idea. Yeah, I don't. It's so it's it's a crazy awesome sprite based game that's been in development for eight years now, uh, and I heard about it maybe around four or five years ago, and that was mostly just like screenshots and other like small footage, proof of concept mostly, and then a few years ago they put out a demo that a lot of press people got to see and try out but a lot of them were kind of like <laughs> kind of like knocking the game for how long it's been in development and how it's like we might not ever see this be released which you know after five years and um, you know the developers probably on the publishers on all these websites about the fact that it exists and just reassuring them and trying to talk it up i'm sure they were just like okay okay sure whatever prove it uh so apparently um, a couple weeks ago, maybe, uh, yeah, around that, uh, we got a random direct message on our Twitter account out of nowhere of a guy working for D-Pad Studios, the people behind Owlboy, saying if they wanted to check it out. Obviously, it's not an RPG. It's a kind of an, a platformer, an action a platformer type of game. And so I was already kind of like, all right, this this is amazing. I'm really excited. But at mm-hmm. the same time, do you have the right people? So right. I told him, hey, I would love to check it out just because we've been doing these things. Uh, Josh, you've been doing this for a while, doing these branching paths um, videos. I, I We already have footage on our YouTube. Like I did like Eco and Shadow of the Colossus is up on our YouTube for a reason. We just like to branch out sometimes just because we're, we're, we, we don't just play RPGs as Josh spent about an hour talking about. <laughs> uh, so I, I play to everything to my detriment. Yes. And you definitely want to make sure you talk about it, and that's perfectly fine with me. Uh, so Owlboy, it's basically... The great thing about Owlboy is that not only does it look amazing, and they do some great things with the, with sprites. And I know, Adam, you're a big fan of sprites. Uh, I think this is a game that you would really like as well. Uh, it, it's 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 about, like... Basically, it's like it's, it's kind of like this boy that gets shunned, and that's that's the thing. It's a mute. Uh, your main character is a mute, and so you go around um, 
uh, I guess they're not too, totally sure if if this character, your your pl- person you're playing as Otis, is, is his name, uh, is an actual owl. He looks more like a boy with owl wings or something. It's really weird. And I guess at the same time, the characters kind of wear these wings. Like they're kind of like a it's like a it's like a coat, and they wear these wings that they they fly around. Um, and the the way the game starts and and is that. Um, You've got like this kind of father figure. I don't know if it's your father or just your teacher, your senpai. Uh, he kind <laughs> of greens uh, you along and says, all right, you know, school's about to start. I know you're extremely nervous, but we have these owls have like this rich lawn history and we need to, you know, uphold this this tradition. And so you need to be as good as them and, and uphold that, those virtuous, uh, the, the, that virtue, that um, that value that we, we find about protecting the village and, you know, guarding them from any outside threats that can come across. And so the first thing he has you do is fly, uh, which is simple enough, but then you find out quickly that Otis just isn't good enough. And so he tries to like fly up to this platform, but then gets tired out pretty quickly just from doing that and slowly goes to the ground. And then immediately you just get ridiculed by this father figure. Oh, no. And he just knocks you down and just is like, I'm really disappointed in you. Can't you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's like this is this is very disappointing. And then it goes on where he has to like gather some water, so he picks up a pot. And he, the guy, the father, just says, you know, put this on the platform. And you try to set it down, and it's only like an inch from the ground, breaks. And he's oh, still no. like, he's like, this is the this is the worst feeling. It, it, it just kind of once again, he spends time ridiculing you, just like I'm. This is extremely embarrassing. Um, you just you just go over there. You just, uh, we're not having school today. I will settle, settle this water problem, which is what you were trying to deal with, with the water in a pot. Do you do anything right? Um, well, it, it gets worse from there, pretty much, where it's like, he's like, all right, go to town and talk to the townspeople and, you know, and, and listen to how disappointed they are in you. And that's oh and all you do is just like, you, and then he proceeds to walk and he's just, he's cowering, you know, he's very like scared and like, he's always extremely shy to begin with. And so just being told down and like, self-esteem just levels are so this game bottoming is like a out. shame and guilt simulator it's really bad and then it's apparently you were having like this big nightmare at the end of it and he wakes up and then at that point, so, so so play this game if you want to feel like crap well it, it gets better <laughs> that, that you have to get to the bottom it's the underdog story you know it's like they yeah, go from the bottom and climb to the top and so from there the game kind of just takes off and you're flying around this village and then there's these different tasks that you have to do um and then you know the big enemy encounter, like this, the the big overarching plot comes about, and you have to like, all right, no, apparently we're being threatened like these by these pirates uh, that are threatening these these floating islands is what they are, and so uh, you just go off this story. And and the great thing about this game already, and this is I, I I've been using this phrase a lot uh, just in this podcast alone, um, but the characters are top-notch they're extremely good uh the fact that you've got otis and then you've got a friend i, I miss his name by getty i think his name his name is and then you've got these this other character that's going to slightly introduce but it's a very clumsy stuttery owl uh guy that's just he's, he's a brand new person you know he, he doesn't know what to do and so he's like he's he's falling tripping over himself like literally like tripping and falling on his face and so just, great yes yeah, so you have a companion in in shaming and guilting yeah the yeah. It, the great thing is like you've got these banded characters then getty's like this engineer type of character that that can help you lead you around and, and is there to defend you even if he's just as nerdy as all these other characters <laughs> uh like he's got like this gigantic like pop bottle lenses it's 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 
it's kind of uh, hilarious in a way. Um, but it's a very it's a puzzle based platformer, and so like uh, eventually you go into like this cave, or uh, more like ruins really, and you're uh, having to solve all these puzzles and fighting and shooting and uh, doing all the, all this other kind of stuff. It's kind of like a kind of like a Zelda type of game, you know, or just you know, a platformer. And it looks beautiful. Um, and the demo that I got only lasted about an hour, but at the end of it, they showed a trailer for the stuff that's going to come up, and it looks amazing. Do it's ever, not going to uh, be. Do you have a release date for it? No, uh, that's the big thing. Is that all this time there's not been a release date, but this weekend, PAX West, this is their kind of coming out party uh, that they want to press to get this demo ahead of time. And you know, if you check over YouTube, there's a bunch of videos on this. People playing the same demo, so we're not the only ones. But. Right. Um, uh, Pax West, they're supposed to announce their release date after eight years. They're finally announcing it, oh, and this yeah. game looks done. It it was very polished and no slowdowns, no problems whatsoever. It, it played like a game that's ready to come out, and that's exciting. Nice. Uh, the fact that so many games um, come and go, and you don't hear about it all. I've 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 just been so excited to try this game out for the longest time, and I'm happy that it's it's finally coming out. Like even D Pad Studios put out a game in between the announcement of this game and the eventual release date. Uh, I think it's called Servant or something. But uh, I'm just I'm just really happy to check it out. But definitely, uh, uh, yeah, congrats to that studio because getting a game out there these days is is hard. Just getting that game out the door. So many games get shot down in development. So mm-hmm. just, it, it's tough. But hey, I mean, after all, it's be- better late than never, you know? Yeah, I mean, there, there's 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 probably tons of unknown indie games that you'll never, ever hear about that, you know, it's nice to, it's nice to see the like a game like this that's been in development so long persevere and get that release. And it looks good. Like, I, I don't know much about the game other than what you've said about it, but it, it looks good. Absolutely, and that's the it's the great thing is that I'm I've been leaning more towards indie games for years now, just because they're the ones that I think can kind of hold the banner for delivering a better story experience rather than one that's like focus tested to death and all that garbage. And so it just seems very like it's a very sincere story, very well written. It seems like it's it's the the story seems like it's coming from someplace. Like like people who made this game maybe have experiences that they're wanting to tell of the same thing that Otis is going through. And so it was uh, endearing in a way, and I'm excited to see more about it. And it's it doesn't seem like a very long game, but from what I've seen, it just it's it catches your heart. So I'm excited to try it out. Awesome. But up on the site, uh, you can check out my playthrough of that, my messed up mixing that you can you can listen to, um, and yeah, there we're supposed to get a review for that. So I'm considering maybe doing a full review for that game when it's finally out. So uh, hopefully it will be pretty soon. Sounds like it's going to be, if anything, fall 2016 is is what they're aiming for. Maybe it's going to be out in October. But speaking of October, uh, let's get right into news. Kyle, this speaks directly to you. Mm-hmm. Dark Souls Three, they announced some new DLC. Yeah, Ashes of uh, Irendale. Irendale. Ariandel. Ariandel. Yeah, that's it. Let's just go straight up English with I it. Kept, I kept wanting <laughs> to say... American. Ariandel. <laughs> Ariandel. Whatever. I, I want to say Ashes of Andariel because I've been playing Diablo. Yeah, um, that's... But that's why that's why mid-word I corrected myself, sort of. It made it worse. But yeah, that it's uh, this is the first batch of DLC. They actually... This is the first time, apparently, From has... Because they have pretty hefty DLC expansions for their games. Yeah. And and this is the first time they've done it post-game, post-completion of the main game. And what I mean by that is usually they start the DLC before the game is done. So this is material they started 
like fresh from uh af- like they started at some point in April or something like that. And, and uh, so. I, I know a commonality with a lot of the Souls games, including Bloodborne, is that the DLC seems to be pretty consistently well received. Like I know some people who will argue that Dark Souls Two, its DLC is some of the best Dark Souls content oh, out yeah. there. For sure. So yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely the. Uh, uh, as far as I'm concerned, the uh, Taurus of the Abyss uh, DLC for the first game is, like, mandatory, and it probably should have always been in the game. Uh, <laughs> That's probably what happened, right? It was probably cut from the game and put out a DLC. The interesting thing about that is uh, all of the, the Artorias stuff, because um, Artorias is an important character to the story, and uh, uh, all of that new content came from when they did that PC port, the late PC port uh, for Dark Souls, and then they added to the consoles as well. But, yeah, all of the Souls games have a pretty extensive DLC. The 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 Iron King, uh, is it Crown of the Iron Kings, I think it's called? I, um, I'm liking it all the Dark Souls 2 DLC names. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 there's Ivory King, Iron King. There's a bunch of crowns and kings, and that's all you need to know. And and all of that was really important. And made it that came game like in three parts, right? Yeah, it did. Mm-hmm. There was there was like Crown of the Ivory King, Crown of the Iron King. I actually didn't complete all of it because I really don't like Dark Souls too very much. Um, <laughs> so tell us about it how was Aryan though. After this, uh, admit it, it's set in like a winter setting, which is again people going to remind people of Bloodborne. Uh, there's a lot of parts of Dark Souls three that remind people of Bloodborne, um, which isn't a bad thing. But uh, now. Zach's gonna have to edit this because I don't remember what's uh, new. I, I, rem- I remember in the in the trailer of it, there are like some of the new spells they were showing off. One of it is like looks like uh, uh, Krillin's Destructo disc from Dragon Ball. Like, <laughs> that's what that's what it looks like. I'm like, holy shit, that looks rad as fuck. <laughs> oh, I'll have to cut off Frieza's tail then. Uh, um, yeah, but... But there, there seems to be like a lot of new. I, 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 there's a new environment, obviously. The Aryan does a, like a frozen, snowy environment. Uh, mm-hmm. Reminiscent of like the the last uh, Dark Souls two um, DLC, but there's also I, I don't know if they they shown like a list yet, but I know they've been saying there's a new weapons, magics. Uh, oh yeah, there, there's there there's uh, you know magic spells and environments. Of course, bosses. Um, you get a yeah. little bit of peaks at the or a bit of a peek at, at one of the new bosses in that trailer for sure. Um, yeah, it, it's it, it's more Dark Souls three. For it's sure. Kinda, which this is the first part uh, and i don't know how many bits of dlc dark souls 3 is going to get i'd imagine there's probably three um, I'm, I'm actually very interested to see because there, there's actually this dlc also appeases a, a, a good bit to like uh, the vvp crowd of dark souls because there's gonna mm-hmm. be a new uh place called the immortal arena in this dlc that's uh pvp exclusive because I, yep. I i actually have seen like you know like there are actually like dark souls tournaments you know like pvp yeah yeah yeah, people really like it. It's always been kind of like it's. It'll never be like an esport thing. Just kind of, <laughs> kind of like, that would be great. Uh, like yeah. a, a thousands of people in a stadium filling up just to see souls. Oh, I'd rather watch that than a lot of the games that yeah, are big esports. They, they are uh, pretty intense at times for sure. Yeah. It's really fun. Uh, I love PvP in those games. Uh, although people do make didn't roll at the right time. God damn it! Although people make like twink builds and like you can't like they min max like crazy and you can't like they're like doing like they'll be wearing like Havel's armor, which is like the super heavy armor, and then they'll uh... be doing they'll be doing like 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 cartwheels and stuff because they're because <laughs> they like cheated the system. <laughs> but uh, yeah, those games yeah, are too that... broken for esports. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, the, I, the next... I'm... 
I'm interested to see if they're going to rebalance the core game too, because I know like a, uh, one of the big criticisms from the community uh, on Dark Souls 3 is like the, the poise stat is there, but seemingly doesn't really do anything mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah, a lot of people talk about that. So um, I hopefully. don't know if they're going to, um, but I mean, I hope. I, I really think Dark Souls 3 is probably the, be- is the best version of these kind of games because it is like the fifth one. Yeah, the single player uh, campaign is incredible in Dark Souls 3. Uh, even though the first one is still my favorite out of all of these. But, Two is pretty uh, great too. I mean, it's that's what I only experience I've got. So. I, I like a lot of Two's gameplay systems, like the gameplay flow of it, and like the the actual like the way the stats like work off of each other. Too, I really like that. Yeah, the only thing I can knock against Dark Souls Two personally is just how weird it ends. <laughs> that's about the only, the only problem I had with it. They fixed a lot of that in the the DLC and the. Uh, <laughs> what is the, what is what is the new version of Dark Souls Two called? I forget. Uh, sins of the f- scholars. Scholars of the sin. scholar. Scholar of the first sin. One oh of those God! I, I almost. Scholar. I almost said scholar. Sin. It's scholar. It's only one of them. <laughs> I, I almost said sins of a solar empire. <laughs> I thought uh, I thought I was going to say at that point. I'm like <laughs> Dark Souls sins of our fathers. Awesome. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, they, I'm I'm sure they're going to keep updating because they just released a, a balance patch for this game too, and sins that, that was cute. Dark Souls, Innocent Sin. There Dark we Souls. go. Okay. Sons of the Patriots. Eternal Punishment. Eternal, Eternal Punishment. Punishment. There's a lot of colons after that. That's what we're getting to. Like, there's like five Dark, or six different names after that. Dark Souls 3, Fez. Dark Souls 3, Portable. <laughs> oh <laughs> but, my god. Let's not go that deep. Let's not go shooting uh, Tensei deep. That's too far. But yeah, it's a, it's more Dark Souls 3 content. I'm, I'm sure... My, my thing about, these, about this game is I, I don't... I'm one of those players that doesn't even like watching trailers because I'm afraid it's going to like take away from the experience. Don't do like uh-huh. Square Enix because they're like spoiling everything in the trailer. So that's probably why it's a good idea to avoid them just in case. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's why I was like, oh, what, what's in this update again? Uh, just the because, final I, know boss, I, because <laughs> I, cause I, cause I know sure. I'm going to play it regardless. Pretty so. sure the Final Fantasy X trailers, the HD ones spoil like the last boss and like all these oh, other things the, happen like late. Oh, the 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 witcher 3 game of the year one spoiled a huge thing yeah I it. sure did it, i couldn't believe it because i haven't gotten that far in the game marketing that's why well you shouldn't have watched it anyway because they had the expansion packs and that's obviously going to spoil stuff too so yeah i didn't think i, I just i think I, I thought it was just going to be like the witcher 3 is amazing by our game and then it was like oh here's like an important story moment i'm like Oh fuck! You're like you're what you're like maybe twenty thirty hours into like a sixty seventy hour game. So what do you expect? <laughs> it's gonna definitely do that. We should have just like shown just quotes, just like oh Geralt is awesome by our game. <laughs> Geralt's awesome. Wait, <laughs> that's, that's all. Uh, but anyways, yeah, you should you should probably pick up. Uh, I, I, given their track record, From's track record, I would definitely say the season pass is probably going to be worth it, and you can probably pick it up now, and it'll be out on uh, October 24th, and I'm sure it'll be wonderful. Absolutely. So that's exciting. What's also exciting is that there's been some big news coming out of the Square Enix camp. Let's talk about some of that stuff. Um, so with the big news for me personally, as someone who's been kind of <laughs> really upset that there hasn't been much news out of this um series in a long time uh if you want to talk about outside of remakes and all that garbage um the official mana account has been reopened and so what they did is that they took what was the adventures of mana twitter account and just changed it over to the second 
underscore PR is their Twitter handle. And what that is, is that they updated it with a new series logo, which is kind of like the monetary inside of like a bigger monetary, I guess is what they did is that the, the five has a, like a monetary and then the, the background of the two numbers is just a big monetary again. Um, but what they did say is that they're teasing some new information. This is something that the Mana series producer, which is something we talked about earlier today uh, with Akatsuki, uh, no, Kitsuki, uh, the Mana series producer. That's, he's uh, a... No, you're mixing with over Ever Oasis. Oh, Ever Oasis. Yes. Sorry. We'll talk about we'll talk about something we haven't even talked about yet. Uh, the Mana series producer said a while ago that he was they were going to do some big things for the Mana tr- anniversary, which apparently is the 25th anniversary, and that's this year. So maybe we can hear some stuff about upcoming Tokyo Game Show. But they said they're going to have some new details. They didn't elaborate on that. What they did elaborate is that there's going to be a second Setsu 25th anniversary concert that's going to be held at the Bunkamura Orchard Hall in uh, Japan on March 24th. I already had a bunch of people saying who live there that they're excited to check that out just because there's been so much great music throughout that mm-hmm. series history. Sure. And so... Um, that's that's kind of all we've got so far, but you guys can check that out. Um, and yeah, just anything to watch the taste of Donna Mana out of my mouth. <laughs> I was just about to make a joke like <laughs> Donna Mana Two is come is uh, yeah. for it. God, remember how they talked up how like the what was it the um the physics engine and like the havoc okay. physics engine. Let me, just, let me just let me just say it now because it's relevant. Dawn of Mana like might literally be the worst game I've ever played, and I am. <laughs> it's broken. It's, wow. it's 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 like if you take the physics of the original Kingdom Hearts, make them worse. <laughs> Got to move the boxes. <laughs> and like, one of the key gameplay elements is to like use like a it's like a it's like a hookshot whip thing yeah. to whip uh... to whip like boxes and and barrels on the battlefield and you have to like whip them into enemies and you kind of have to like come up with like these combos because the more that you're able to whip enemies with these things the more exp you get so you can't just ignore it or else you're gonna have like way low stats um and all that and then and then like the story is garbage um not only that but it's also got like this element where it expects to be replayed the game like your stats some of the stats that you can unlock you keep them on replays so the first time you're playing through this game you're basically have like no capability to do anything because it's because you suck and like i don't know if they wanted it (laughs) on the second playthrough you're it's better because you have some of these setups already and it's just like why would i want to play through this again new game plus in a monitor i love i love how impassioned adam is about this and like there's these some of these there's some of these levels that are like really wide sprawling levels and they're it's not like direct what you're supposed to do and i remember like there's this one level i was stuck on for like two hours and like i had literally killed what you're talking about yeah i i literally killed like every enemy on the screen like i broke every box like there's literally like it's kind of like a giant like i don't know like donkey kong 64 level only like like i like i just (laughs) like like, everything you could interact with is interacted with like all the enemies are gone there's nothing there like what the heck am i supposed to do and like you're supposed to walk on like this tiny like like square yeah, like yeah i remember this level and it's and like you have if you don't walk in like this tiny like square about the size of your character like it won't progress um and then some of the boss fights just let drag on forever and it just uh one of the bosses took me about like 25 30 minutes and i was oh. just sick and tired of playing the game after a while it's it's a very disappointing when you call it in in japan it was called second to four 
Yeah, it's so it's, it's, it's so official. It's basic, basically, basically, it is Secret of Mana three in a sense, and it's yeah. <laughs> Happy twenty awesome. fifth anniversary, Mana. Yeah. Anyways, I know some people were talking about they would like to see like a remastered Secret of Mana, but the if you check out the phone version, actually, that's actually a slightly enhanced release, like the better, like the scaled up the visuals and stuff like that. So people can check that out if they want. I don't want that. I want to. I want a Mana Five. I want a, a Sicken to Sit to Five to be announced, and for the West. I actually, I actually played the series recently. I think it was last November. So yeah, last year. I, I basically played through the series within a month, um, and like the DS games, one of them, uh, Children of Mana, it, it was like. I, I felt like that sort was... of mana, children of mana. Let's be clear. Not the right. Ch- children of mana. It's. Not, I don't think children of mana. It, it makes quite a few missteps, and it's honestly probably not a great or good or great game. But I feel like it had a couple of things it did well. For example, yeah. the the control scheme was like excellent for the on the DS. Um, a lot of the mana games, you you get different weapons like secret of mana, and you kind of have to rotate between them, yeah. like the, the spear or the sword or the boomerang or whatever. Right. And having yeah. having them on the DS, it was really really nice. The sprites are great. The music was great. It was just more of the story and the structure of Children of Mana was really really bare bones. Um, yeah, let, let's be clear, Sword of Mana is the remake of the first game. Yeah. Children of Mana is like the first actual a, DS game. Yeah. yeah, it's like a DS. It's kind of like a dungeon crawler, but it's really bare bones. Um, yeah. But anyways, if there was something that kind of looked like that, had a similar, like, I don't know, it maybe doesn't have to be 3DS, but if it was like a handheld sprite-based game or something like that. Um, uh, no, what, I want an actual console game. Let's not let's not do like really? another mobile. Everyone's like talking about the, the mana being going back to mobile. It's like Adventure Mana was the I, I, I mean, that. of all the mana games, there's only one of them is a console game, and it's the worst game I've ever played. <laughs> oh, I mean, Secret of Mana. Well, Secret a, of Mana, I, Secret I, 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 just mean, I just mean, what are you maybe, talking not, about? maybe not handheld, just sprite. Just sprite-based, and you don't see sprite-based games on consoles very well, much. Well, Adventure of Mana is also sprite-based, and it's on a Vita now, so... Oh, well, yeah, that's got the it's got 3D models, but it's... yeah, I I want them to go like you said back to sprites. But the uh, I guess the only like just depressing thing about that is that like a few years ago, the person who drew the art for Secret of Mana passed away, so we're not going to be able to experience his art anymore at Hero Asano. So um, the best thing though is that yes, now that they've got the excitement around Adventure of Mana, uh, and people wanted the actual like that's if they took like the actual like 2D art. Th- Man, I don't know what I want from a new model. Okay, here's game. what I want. I want 4K sprites on that PlayStation 4 Neo. 4K sprites. Yes. That's some gigantic sprites. Oh, man. Give me. Give me. <laughs> that's what we want from the new Metroid game, too. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's that's just a, actually, ultra resolution sprites. Well, yes. While we're talking about the Mana series, Legend of Mana, which I bet this is probably... <laughs> You're going on a tangent on all these other series. This, this, is, this is probably really confusing to people who haven't played these games. Like, what are all these things? Anyways. Legend of Mana is the PlayStation 1 game that's got the best soundtrack in the series. Yeah, Legend of Mana had a really cool uh, structure to it. It has, like, cool. three different... It has like three different intertwining storylines that you can kind of interact in whatever way you want. Um, like there's the storyline with the like the jewel thief and the storyline with the, the jewel people uh, and all that. And I thought like the structure of that game was there's nothing quite like it. No, it's, it's like almost like mission based in that you're basically in control of all these artifacts and you're supposed to plant them down. 
uh, on the world map. You're recreating the world, basically. The mana's like right. super weak, and it's like, I need you to recreate the world for me. And so you're supposed to plant them down, which is always super haphazardly. I mean, there's all these guides you can read up about the best place to put these artifacts, um, to, to like, especially for like speedrunners. But yeah. the only thing I can knock about that game is that it kind of just ends suddenly because you're put the yeah. artifact like, all right, oh, well, everything's coming around, even if you're not prepared for this. And then there's the last boss. Now play the most amazing ending songs in a video game. <laughs> that's that's kind of how it goes. Like the Sonomata just plays, and you're like, "Oh my god, this is so great!" <laughs> but um, Legend of Mana is pretty damn good. Secret of Mana, really one of the best games of all time. And that's what we need is just a we want a new Mana game for consoles. And based on the success of the PlayStation Four, uh, I just hope it happens. And it seems like Square Enix has got like this huge uh, forward-facing momentum uh, when it comes to putting out bringing back their old series we got star ocean 5 that just came out for better or worse kyle you liked it so that's that's enough for this group um and then is it? Is it really? came out then you got near automata's coming out and then there's a new saga game new saga, and... that's actually what i was trying to remember like the new saga game for vita uh, which we still haven't seen like really soon. anything it's, soon, on, it's, but... on, it's on the tgs schedule okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> it totally is and that's scarlet what's it called scarlet Sa- saga we decided, Skaga, yes. we, decided, we decided we're going to call it Skaga. 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 That was a couple weeks ago. Yes, we did. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> so, yeah. We've, so, yeah. And, um, but then, of course, they've also got Final Fantasy 15. Um, they just held their important PAX. Uh, uh, the word escapes me. Like, just uh, 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 their PAX live panel, stream. PAX panel live stream. That's what I was thinking of, panel. And so they put out a bunch of news about the car and about chocobos and about the magic and all this stuff. I don't, I haven't kept up on it, so I can't. Uh, that, that was happening while we were coming in here for this podcast recording. They also announced, though, that um, in London at the Abbey Road Studios on September seventh at eleven a.m. Uh, Pacific time, there's going to be a Final Fantasy fifteen concert, which will be live streamed, and the composers will be there, Yoko Shimomura and the other groups. They're going to be there. Um, and so if you're there, you should really check that out. It sounds I, like I love it. attending concerts for unreleased games. I knock against Final Fantasy games all the time, but they always have amazing soundtracks. <laughs> 8 has a great soundtrack. 13 has a great soundtrack. I can't 13, 13 2 soundtrack is like one of my favorites in that whole series. It's got Origa. Rest mm-hmm. in peace, Origa. I'll miss you forever. Mm-hmm. So, yep. uh, but that's, that's, I don't know if you guys caught any of the news from the Final Fantasy 15 panel at all. I just I know they, that they, they said the car something. steers. You could, yeah, the, the, the car, you could steer left and right on the road. You can't yeah. go off the road. It's, it, I think they said like a long time ago that the car would not be on rails. <laughs> it totally mm-hmm. is on rails. And, so... and I, I, I was paying a little bit of attention to the stream. Like you can do like these things with items and magic like um on enemies like you can use fire on a potion and it does something i don't know oh there's like actually like a like item crap mixing right thing. yeah like it's it, cool. it, it, kind of like there's kind of like some alchemy like <laughs> oh, on okay. like there's like some alchemy system you can use with your magic like while you're traveling with your items i didn't really get the details because uh, we're the podcast here but yeah um they're they're doing some of the smaller details for things like that and they, and they showed off like a new dungeon like these these mines that are based off the this actual mine that the development team i guess visited uh, a so. mayan ruin is that is that what you're saying or mine or am i m i n e okay yes i think you, i thought you said like m a y a n i was like mayan what's yeah that hell yeah the the Mayans Mayans sacrifice at least he didn't say mime like m-i-m-e yeah 
Never mind. There's, there's I still more than go, dungeon of mine. I still need to go watch Kingslave. I uh, just recently released this past week digitally. Yeah, it's out digitally. I think it comes with like a special theme you can get. Uh, I believe maybe I'm mistaken this for something else, but it. Yeah, the the bottom line for that, from all the feedback that we've been getting from that, is that it's clearly tailored to people who are interested in learning <laughs> about 15 before you actually play the game. It's not meant for just typical moviegoers. That's that seems pretty clear. Just like Advent Children. It, I I hear it's basically like an extended opening cutscene. That's basically. yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Just like how Advent Children is an extending like epilogue prologue or epilogue prologue epilogue let's get our it's definitely the prologue to ff7 yeah. <laughs> before it, the world just midgar goes to hell again that's all that happens uh <laughs> and then bet 13 comes out once more uh so that's that's uh that yeah king's graves out digitally that's what we mentioned the other week as well that it won't be a physical release until the early part of october but that means you have a lot of time to check that out and Brotherhood before you get to see that. Also, I have, I have, but let's yeah, sorry. I, I'm I haven't watched any of those. I'll probably just watch them like right when the game releases. You know, <laughs> that's a good idea. Good idea. Get the character yeah. development. But speaking of character development, Persona Five wants it to be like Final Fantasy in that they're putting out they put out a one day episode prologue <laughs> one episode prologue not one day episode. Just Persona one... Five: The Animation, The Daybreakers, made by the same studio as Brotherhood. <laughs> A1 Studios, yeah, uh, A1 the, pictures. what you guys all love, you, you, your love and mine, the people behind <laughs> are the worst Persona 4 animation uh, and Ace Attorney animation. Uh, I, will, I will give them credit. I watched it this morning. and it was So what episode? How can they screw this up? It, That's... It, like, obviously, like it's very much lacking in like, visuals and animation, but it, the, the actual like, content of it is actually pretty cool because they, they tra- translate some of the game's mechanics inside the actual... Uh, How much studio. is that? A one studios and how much is actually Atlas? Well, a, obviously, I mean, I mean, it's just like it's a, it's an appetizer. I mean, did they? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, wait, wait. I, I haven't oh. seen this. I haven't seen this episode yet. But like, when it comes to like these, you know, supplementary like animes, like Brotherhood for Fifteen or this is not, not required. I like, not required. Let, let, let me... I, I, I just feel like I don't really have super high expectations for things like animation or even content. Like if it's just it's supposed to be like a like a like a it's a really teaser. a promo. It's a, <laughs> right. it, it, it's, the it's a commercial. Percent. Uh, yeah, twenty four minute commercial. It's an advertisement. <laughs> well, Kyle, what were you gonna say? What? Which P4 anime did they do? Which one? They did all of them. <laughs> they so, did both of them? Yeah. <laughs> oh, both of them fucking sucked. So. Yeah, there that's you what go. I'm talking about. But <laughs> I think actually, Josh was about to say you shouldn't watch it. I think you totally should. Because no, you, I, get, I, some I of the, you get some of the characters. No, Josh is just saying it's not necessary. Yeah, it's like, not, it's I would not say not it's totally necessary. Well, it's not, it's so not, it's, it's just like when they say, it's just like when they say you shouldn't see, like Tabata's like, you probably shouldn't see, you don't need to see Brotherhood, you don't need to see Keen's Game. And then like another interview is like, you should totally see Keen's Game. It fucking changes his mind. But I would say, I would say it's important. Let me finish my thought. Persona Five: The Animation, I think, is important because you get some of the nuances of the characters before you play the game. Like the interaction between Anne and Morgana is cool, and I think that's that's actually kind of nice to have going into the game. I have to say, uh, it's a prologue. You won't be spoiled. Wait, go go finish your thought, Kyle. Um, Just for me to be honest, like I'm not importing this, so I'm not in any rush to see it. Like I just, it just reminds me that I hate how long, how far away the game is. So like, oh, I thought you said you hated Outlaw. I was like Outlaw Star, but no, it's how long? No, no, no. Yeah, we're like, it's how far away it is. Sorry, how because it's still February because I'm not importing. Fucking five months. I'm just saying that waiting for this game for eight years. God damn it! Yeah, eight years. (laughs) 
I just eight say, years is so long for, for this. I just say Sorry, that Daybreakers, Guardian, no, no. Daybreakers, the Daybreakers OVA isn't like Brotherhood in the sense of like it's not like giving you like like specifically like character development on a single character. No, like, it's one know, episode. Like yeah. a, like it's just saying that hey, this like the basic like gameplay like flow of like how it presents its story and plot and characters like but the interaction beats. between you yeah, that, 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 and that, the hero he's like all that's looking not up and I'm like all that, dreamy that's not exclusive to the to daybreakers he high fives him I'm, that's not exclusive to daybreakers I'm, that is exclusive to daybreakers <laughs> you will see that in the actual game <laughs> okay. man but uh like i just say it's a, it's a nice little appetizer do you need to see it like is absolutely mandatory yes. no <laughs> yes i'll say if you're a fan I, how how about it's we like wait for the game to come out and see how the game opens first yeah, before they... we decide whether this like what it if we basically sense. see all this stuff oh, in the game in the game? <laughs> what? I don't know. What? You can't see it in the game. You Zach really to... wants you to watch anime. He's saying, if you like Persona, you probably like anime. <laughs> so imagine, imagine, so like, what if it, this was like a prerequisite? Like it was like hardwired into your PS4. Like the game won't start unless you watched it. Over the control app, and like you have to subscribe. By then, it's well. In a week from now, it's going to be free for everyone to check on Crunchyroll. So you know, it's going to be out before it's going to be up before Persona Five, the actual game, is out in Japan for for everyone to see uh, in America. So or whatever else. I think it's like it's kind of funny because Crunchyroll is only available in certain countries anyway. So it's like uh, North America, Europe, and you know, all these other places. But um, not in Japan, but I, I I don't know if they have their own uh, service over there. It, 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 aired, it, it aired on television for them. In television, that makes way more sense. Then, uh, so I, I just think obviously people have a long time before the game comes out here, but I just think it's a fun ride and it's it's worth checking out, even if you don't mind. Just because once again, it's a prologue; you're not going to get spoiled. Nothing in there is not going to be in the game itself. In fact, it's maybe going to be set up for that. It's designed to be setting up the game. So, not really. Uh, it's, a, it's it's commercial. Oh, I'm sorry, Mister Experts, play the game already. <laughs> I mean, I was just saying that Watch to you. Games. Like, okay. Anyways, what's? How about this? Valkyria as a resolution. Nice segue, Adam. Good segue, yes. Adam. Yes. <laughs> Great segue. Speaking of games that are out around the time Persona Five is going to be out in America. So we've talked about this a little bit recently. Uh, the demo, its first demo, came out earlier in the year and got a lot of, let's just say, healthy criticism. Uh, and. Basically, we haven't heard about it. Like we we maybe heard a couple of tidbits here and there, but Sega has been pretty silent after that demo, other than saying that they were taking all the feedback. And basically, what they revealed was, first of all, that the game is now coming out on PlayStation Vita. That's you know, kind of that was kind of an unexpected but nice gift from them. Like, hey, for people who like playing on the handhelds, we're putting this on the handheld. And then they also, it's coming out in January. January um, they, 19. I think they, I think they, I think they originally said it was a 2016 game, so it's, it's, it almost made it. Um, it and basically, it was in the recent is- issue of Famitsu, basically saying that the the combat system is much, much more similar to what Valkyria Chronicles is now. Um, yeah. It's there's more of a, it's more of a turn-based element to it. Uh, it's still in like a, like a 3D plane and all that, but like you, you can when you're for various actions. I, I don't, I don't know, I don't have all the specific details, but for many no, different, it's, it seems it's, to lean more heavily into the old stuff. Well, yeah, for for many different actions, like the, it's not real time anymore, kind of like in Valkyria Chronicles. There, there, it get, can be like it, you can see. Well, it's, it, it's it depends action, on what it is. Yeah, it's still but, action-based, but you can, you can. Battles can be like stopped at like any time. I think of like the wait feature in FF15, kind of like that. 
So yeah, you you can you can set up like your aim or if you're for or an item or things like that. Like it, it has this more stop and go. It's like Dragon uh, Age. <laughs> yeah. Something, yeah, yeah, <laughs> where you can like where you can like pause the pause things while you kind of go into some sort of mode. I don't know the details, but like to 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 coordinate what you want to do. So it seems to be a little bit less that full real-time real -time action yeah. battle that it was in the first demo. Oh, weird. And Valkyria fans who wanted a Valkyria game don't really stick, stick behind a Valkyria game not really having a Valkyria system. Weird. Yeah, so now, uh, now, it's so now, bad because it was supposed to be splintered, and that, now everyone's wanting to Valkyria Chronicles not, 4 not, and just bleh. And that's, so it's like, it's... It, before you could, before you could you know rationalize it like it's a spin-off it can do whatever it wants and now it's well it's still a spin-off but now it's more like the main series but it's still a spin-off. okay we're not gonna get any sales if we do this fine well, and I, I, I want to see it in, in motion that's the thing the, the last thing they uh, they revealed is that they'll get and this is expected but they'll they'll reveal more info about the demo uh, and I'm sure we'll get more trailers and things around Tokyo Game Show. So. Yeah, so the the battle demo version 2.0, for people who have the first version of it, they uh, are automatically uh, entitled to it. They can uh, upgrade to it. Uh, and But for people who don't have it, uh, attend Tokyo Game Show, um, play the demo, they'll give you a, a demo code for it. Mm. So, That's awesome. I like the idea yeah. of that just getting the demo while you're playing it. Yeah, man, <laughs> so, I, I, take I wish it more, home. I wish more fucking th th games did that. I'm not sure, like a lot of Final Fantasy XII people would like to have that. I'm uh, sure. Man, I, I I really want to see uh, footage of this uh, the upgraded systems of that. I'm still very looking forward to it a lot. We'll have to wait too long for that. Um, and so yeah, they, some of the other details. It's going to be out on January 19th in Japan. The Vita version is going to have a cross-save functionality, so if you're the kind of person who likes to invest a lot of money in your games, uh, you can buy both versions and take it wherever you go. Uh, and that should be exciting. Uh, so speaking of other exciting news coming out of Japan, uh, Gust has been on a tear. They announced a... Uh, it's kind of like the kind of thing they did is that they announced some new games, and they're continuing to announce new games. Uh but first, let's get into something that's more important for Josh's sake, because I know you touched upon this in the review, something you would like to see. They announced a Knights of Azure 2 mm -hmm. out in December, and Gus loves to announce games and then put them out really soon afterwards. But uh, do, you, uh, do you have the details about Knights of Azure 2? Yeah, Knights of Azure 2, uh, Bride of the New Moon. Uh, it's coming to PS4 only, I believe. I, have to, I, no, I think it's, it's coming to Vita. Yeah, it's coming to, to Vita. Yeah, PS4 Gus is not... Gus is not, if, yeah, if, if it's local, if it's localized, I, I, it may I, not get localized. I second, yeah, 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 I second guessed myself because I remember the first Knights of Azure's uh, Vita release was like Bad. heavily criticized in Japan. Yeah, it never came out here, yeah. but uh, it's coming out December twenty second in Japan. Um, the the new aspects to it is instead of uh, you know one person uh, you're trying to protect because the the basic setup of the first Knights of Azure was you have to your best friend is the saint. That uh, you basically have to sacrifice for the good of humanity because there's this uh, night lord that uh, threatens them with uh, demons and whatnot. So to set the balance right again, like uh, a, a saint always uh, has to sacrifice themselves up to a at a certain location. Uh, so this is this is kind of taking a, t a twist on it because there are now candidates for the sainthood. So they they revealed three characters. You have this um, main uh, character. Uh, name. I think her name is Alush, I believe. I, I I saw it translated as Arsh, but all other people have it yeah. as Alush. You know. Uh, yeah. The, 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 the Roman, Romanization. There, there's no official Romanization yeah. of the names yet, so that's gonna be 
we might be totally Never. off the mark on this. Uh, and then, like, there are two other characters, Liliana and... Oh, man, how do you pronounce this? Ruinhide. Ru- Ruinhide, yeah. So it's taking... See, see. It's, it's very much like uh, the first game in the sense that you're, uh, you're a knight of the Curia, very much uh, like how... Um, what was the protagonist's first name? Ar... Ar- Arnis, Arnith, uh... Ar- Arnis. Arn, yeah, something like that. A R N A S, I believe. No, but that was the that was the before the official romanization oh. for it. I forgot it. how they how, how they fucking romanized it. So then you have uh, once again you have to sacrifice uh, a, a saint, uh, Liliana, uh, which is her childhood friend. Once again, the the main uh, saint uh, in the first game was the childhood friend of the of the main character. And uh, the twist in here is that you have a third character, which is uh, Ruinhide, and she's uh, from uh, uh, a holy knight that's uh, opposing the Curia. And it's, I, I don't know too much about like the actual beats of like the story, but it seems very, very similar to the first one, nearly identical to an alarming degree. It's kind of rehashing that same premise, which is, you know, um, you could do a lot of interesting things with it, but... I, I guess it depends on the presentation. Yeah, so I, I, I did the... I, I posted about this on the site when it was announced. Oh, okay. I, I, I didn't play the original, so I, I'm missing some context there. Um, but I'm familiar with it a it little bit. It seems to just but, have yeah. more lesbians is all so, I gather from it, so... You, you are entirely 100% correct. <laughs> yeah. Because, because like, how, how it is, like, uh, this time... In the first game, you only fought with you and your Servants, like your demonic minions. In this one, now you can fight with your, your partner, Lily... Uh, which is I think it's like the Lily system like in Neptunia. Like there there's uh there's there are candidates to be your Lily. Obviously uh Ruinheim. Oh about yeah, that. Maybe. Uh, it depends how much we'll talk we'll talk behind we'll the scenes. Later. Uh so obviously Liliana and Ruinhide are uh, the first two candidates cat Lily candidates, but there are more to be announced. And uh when you uh, fight more with your selected lily you'll have there's like some sort of relationship bonding system for them to awaken like you know new skills and abilities and whatnot and of course there's probably going to be like you know uh story events like uh, or intimate events with them because you've been using them a lot and like i don't know that's the, uh, they're not they're not talking about yet the things that i'm interested in. I'm, I'm interested to see what the improvements are to that servant system that's what i'm interested in but I, I, it's a start i guess I'm not sure if I'm like necessarily excited for this yet, but I'm glad that it got a sequel. I I, I, I want I want just it, to start. It, 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 it seemed like the it seemed like the first game was kind of a like missing like I don't want to say missed opportunity, but kind of like some good ideas, but not not really some execution issues. So it's like kind of like a second chance to polish up on those ideas. So it's a it's a proof of concept. It, 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 yeah. So we'll see where they. Uh, go from here, but it's it's cool. I, I I'm down for more Knights of Azure. Well, that's awesome. That's that's I'm actually interested as well. I've yet to play the first version, but I'm I'm interested as well. Uh, breaking news. I just want to mention, not so much breaking, just the fact that there's a World of Final Fantasy panel going on right now in PAX as well, and I'm just kind of skimming over the details that our sister site Nova Crystallis is covering. Apparently, that game's going to be. 30 to 40 hours long. If you want to do everything, it's about 100 hours long. 
Great. Wow. Fantastic. A lot longer oh, than I thought it was going to be. I, I was expecting maybe like 20 to 30, like a typical old RPG style. I, like, I, didn't, well, I, I, I wonder what doing everything means. I know the game has like... Po- quests, it, yeah. Well, I know the game has like these Pokemons. Uh, they're, they're called... Pokemon? Mirages. Don't you dare use <laughs> I it was, that way. I mean, it's, you, basically, you basically collect and train I know, Mirage yeah, monsters. I didn't think you so could like, evolve them. Yeah, I just saw yeah, that. Yeah, you can evolve your Mirages, it looks like. Yep. Oh, it shows, a... was it uh, a freet up to an afrit into an ifrit <laughs> is what one of the pictures Thanks, shows. Charmander. It's adorable. It's it's, an, it's amazing. Mm. Uh, but I just wanted to mention that because I was kind of skimming the news while we were talking about that. But uh, continuing on with the big Gus news is that they also announced Blue Reflection. Reflection, excuse me. Um, I don't know about a lot about this. Josh or hey. Adam, do you know about this? Yeah, I've been following it. Uh, Blue Reflection, sort of the girl who dances in illusions. Um, is branded as a quote-unquote heroic RPG uh, for heroic, PS- yeah, whatever the fuck that means. Uh, for PS4 and Vita in Japan so far, there's no uh, word on localization, whatnot here. But um, uh, there's there's a interesting uh, kind of thing because if if you, I'm reminded of a lot of Card Capture Sakura when I look at this. There's a there's a school aspect to it. There's this uh, main character named Hinako. Card Captain Secure. I got excited for a moment there. <laughs> uh, yeah, this main character named Hinako Shirai. She's a uh, you know she's a ballet dancer. Uh, then something happened during her career that t- kind of had to she had to step away from it. She had, she injured her foot and whatnot. Uh, so she attends these classes uh, obviously, and somewhere along the way, you know, there's like supernatural things happening. So. This kind of like a magical girl RPG. Uh, there's there like the two aspects to this. Uh, obviously, your school life and, obvi- and and one uh, doing your magical girl adventures. Um, I there, I'm kind of su- like still unclear on like the exact exactly the plot. Like her her magical girl form is like her reflector form or reflector power. Um, and then they introduce like a bunch of like uh, NPCs that you're going to be interacting with in this game. All it's just be an all girl cast. Uh, might be a private school. I don't know. Um, but the two other characters that uh, appear before Hanako uh, are Yuzuki and Raimu, and they're apparently the ones who like who give her her mysterious power. And no, mm, and, and, and unlike that, and then there's like multiple forms of this magical girl form. I don't exactly know what the what the gameplay looks like. It's only been screenshots. It it, it has a lot of potential. There, the the art is being done by Mel Kishida. Uh, who's uh, done the earlier uh, Atelier games, especially in the Arlen trilogy. Her art is always uh, really nice to look at. And um, I'm interested to see how they tackle this because I think this has a lot of potential. Like, uh, I, I think that, you know, the Magical Girl RPG do- doesn't sound like a bad idea, especially because I, I really like Hardcaptor Sakura a lot. Me too. And that's what I'm kind of interested in, just taking that concept. I know there's been card character Sakura RPGs, and I'm sure there's plenty of like the Magical Girl RPGs out there that I'm just not thinking about. But I'd be totally interested in seeing that happen, especially an original one. If they, if uh, they, like, I'm, I'm interested to see if this will have like a time aspect, like how, like how many of the Talia games had. Like, I wonder if there's going to be obviously like a phase during the school, during the night, and if there's like certain times where, like, if you, if you negate or if you ignore your job as a magical girl, if there's like a bad ending. It's like Persona style. Like a, <laughs> don't like, ignore the people on the other side of the TV. In this case, it's just don't you know let the evil take over. It, it looks really nice though. I'm I'm uh, very interested to see uh, like just the developments on this. I'll be following it closely for sure. Yeah, and that's and that's not all either. In that um, 
I, like I said, that game's uh, Blue Reflection's going to be. Out. I did they announce a release date for Blue Reflection no. at all? Nope. Oh, okay. No, I think I think they didn't even give a window. Oh, they not just, a window. No. But it's just, uh, just we're got, making it. <laughs> yeah, but um, that's not even it for the Gus news either. In that uh, they recently announced that, well, Koei did anyway, that they're going to be holding a big event on September. I'm, I'm, I'm listening on the game. I, I moved the news around. September 16th, Gus and Toei Animation are going to be announcing a new joint project. And we have a teaser site. It just looks like a bunch of ladies in armor uh, is what we can tell from the silhouettes. Um, I was tweeting about it before, and I was trying to see... Um, like someone, like someone said, it's not pretty cure. That's what someone said because Toei is all about the speaking of magic girls. They have a lot to do with that. Um, but uh, and it's not a Musu game because it's Gust. So I'm very interested to see what that's going to be. Uh, but you know, we only got a couple weeks, and that's the middle of TGS, and they're going to have the main cast uh, being part of that announcement. So uh, we're going to hear a yeah. lot about it apparently when it gets announced. That's cool. I, I, I'm hmm. I'm trying to think of like what it could be. Sailor Moon. I said Sailor Moon, and that's not going to be it either. Apparently, I was told this. All right, <laughs> it's not be Sailor Moon. You, you were shot down by the by, by everyone. Yeah. No. Damn. No. I just I'm someone who knows. I'll say that. Uh, you definitely said that that's not going to be the case. Uh, but yeah, that's that's a, the big news coming out of them. Um, but we also have some more important news that happened just this just a was it couple of days ago yeah, yeah it's actually moderate related news <laughs> yeah it's nintendo had their big nintendo direct 3ds focused on uh, on the upcoming schedule for 2016 games although reggie fizame uh made it say i don't want my 3ds with the 2017 games i want my 2016 3ds so clearly they have more games to announce that they have not going to share as of right now but um the things that are more relevant for us is something that everyone seems to be excited except for me ever oasis the new desert-themed action RPG that seems dull, but Josh, tell us about that game. <laughs> okay, um, Ever Oasis is uh, produced and directed by Koichi Ishii of uh, Mana fame, and um, character design Devel- developed by Grezzo, who did the uh, they did the Majora's Mask 3D and Ocarina of Time 3D. Right. Yeah. 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 Hmm. And then character designer is Yoshinori Shizuma, and he's uh, just a well-known mangaka in Japan. Uh, the only one that comes to mind when it comes to his name is there's uh, there's this weird uh, manga called oh, man what do you even call it in English it's it's Zero Kara he had Hajimaru Maho Nosho and that was like uh, it was a there was a DLC character from that manga inside the uh, Geki Bunko Fighting Climax Ignition their fight a uh, fighting game um, so it has that uh, kind of power behind it but in terms of Ever Oasis's um, gameplay. It's very it's very much about like you know kind of like imagining like a, a village in the middle of a desert that's kind of like dying out and um, they kind of need resources to keep on going. So it's uh, a, a lot of it is uh, going to the desert, uh, locating dungeons, uh, uh, getting resources for this town, rebuilding it again. Um, there's uh, obviously weapons uh, and skill sets. I, I, the Nintendo director is like some sort of like weird ice wall. Uh, to block uh, from certain enemies, it's it's a, it's a neat little thing. Uh, nothing really concrete in terms of like, um, like story beats. I want to say I think it's gonna be light on story. Just seems like, but I'm always down for for new and creative ideas. And there's not a lot of desert themed RPGs out there, so I'm kind of interested to see how what kind of uh, systems are in this. And 
I, I like it's like it's like one of those things like you have to like re, like I I think it'll you'll start with nothing absolutely nothing when you start the game you have to, like uh, like rebuild all the shops in the in the city to even like get new equipment I imagine and whatnot. Uh, do, do you remember anything else, Adam, from Ever Oasis? No, I, I truthfully haven't really been paying too much attention to it. Yeah. That's what I expected. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm the only one in the world who's like, who's kind of like, oh, Ever Oasis, it's kind of kind of pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, other than the art, it just seems like a very dull game. That's just my <laughs> my feelings about that. It doesn't seem like they're going to spend it's, too much it's time on it. Not anime enough for for Zach. <laughs> no, it's really not. <laughs> well, it's to be heavy into that. <laughs> Otherwise, I need to have magical girls. Is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Uh, um, maybe that's a secret ending. Though, let's just... let's not talk about Oasis anymore. Instead, talk about something more cool. Uh, Legend of Zelda is gonna have some special DLC in Monster Hunter Stories, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, some sort of collaboration. Uh, Monster Hunter Stories uh, is a uh, like a RPG based on Monster Hunter for the 3DS. Coming out, associated, in, uh, yeah. Yeah, coming cool. out October 8th. I, is it, I forgot if it's turn-based battles or if it's action battles. I forgot. It's, it, it's turn-based. It's turn-based. Yeah, it's traditional. Okay. It's basically it's basically Monster Hunter meets Pokemon. Yeah. Cool. Just like just like just World like of Final Fantasy. Yeah. Speaking of World of Fantasy, Fantasy. <laughs> yeah. Just meets like Pokemon. It's Pokemon, Pokemon theme. We can't get away from Pokemon. So there's gonna be Legend of Zelda item themed uh, things in it, like the Hero Sword and the Hero Shield for your main character. And Epona. Yep. Epona's gonna be in it. And you also have uh, this monster companion in the game, and you can give Majora's Mask to it, which is all sorts of wow. cool. It's, that's amazing. Why not? And mm-hmm. I think it's like about the extent of that collaboration. So it's a small thing, but it's uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, Mustarder. Uh, anyone who hasn't played the series, they usually have like a monthly DLC, and it's usually some big stuff, and it's a lot of Nintendo themed content, but also sometimes like Capcom style, just because it's made by Capcom, so it makes sense. So their, uh... Sega, even like I think that Sonic the Hedgehog themed like the the animals <laughs> i remember there was some sort of like uh monster hunter collaboration with a uh, peace walker and like i was shooting up a dragon with snake in peace walker. <laughs> shooting up a dragon with snake yeah I, I repl- that sentence sounds right <laughs> it's kind of amazing yeah so that's yeah that's the extent of the dlc um and just going through the rest of the news that we've got because we've been covering a lot of news it seems um we already covered phantom uh excuse me persona 5 the animation you did want to point out that Persona 5, they recently announced the Phantom Thieves code names. Yeah, uh, man, what was it? I don't even have it, have it up in front of me right now. <laughs> you put it on here, you should be prepared. Yeah, hold on. Because okay, <laughs> I, I, I know uh, like the first four, I have, we have Joker for the MC, uh, Skull for, uh, what was his name? Yusuke? Ryuji? No, no, Ryuji. Or... Yeah, you're right. Uh, Yusuke was... Foxface. Fox. No. Yeah, it was Fox. And then... Fox. Um, Get him, Fox. And was and was Panther, just kind of okay, music. Did you do that song? Uh, Morgana was Mona, which is really cool. Um, Haru was Noir, or yeah, it was Noir. Oh fuck, I'm blanking out on the rest. Oh, you said this was a boozing. But yeah, Tava was Navi, obviously. So people a lot of obviously made Zelda jokes on that. And um, who am I forgetting? Makoto is Queen. That sounds about That's... right. She is, yes. <laughs> she is, yeah, pretty overbearing. Sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. You uh, hear it on the radio I, all the I, time. I, Queen, take us. I, I do like that, like, in the in the Daybreakers, they do sh- say their code names, like, when it comes to the action sequences. Yeah, I think just, it's really cool. They do say it in the animation as well, for sure. Just just yeah. curious, 
uh, is Futaba supposed to be like the navigator person? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. She's the one okay. with the computers. Yeah. She's the with the with the earphones. And she's like four foot nothing. Yeah. <laughs> she's pretty tiny. Four foot nothing. <laughs> I saw yeah that that little fucking footage of the the of the, them in the, the theater. theater. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. She's a she's bitch. Like, yeah. Considering she how looks, she's like an oompa loompa. <laughs> But she's very well proportioned, you know. Like she, she's like she fits that frame. It's pretty much. She's not like short in one aspect. It's just like it's just she's just smaller than everyone else. That's all it is. That's great. Uh, so <laughs> there's also some uh, like a few online features in Persona Five. It's very much yeah. the same bane of Catherine. Yeah, uh, uh, survey. Yeah, and and also like a little bit of a touch of golden in there as well. Just a little. Hmm. Um, in battle, like uh, an ally can actually, like when they're knocked out, they're they're taken hostage. That's uh, how they rationalize, rationalize this. And if like, if you like refuse demands uh, for like an item and like feel like the new negotiating the, uh, to get them back, um, obviously your ally can no longer be in battle. But you can use like the there's like this Phantom Thieves Alliance like uh, online feature, and you can receive help from other players and like getting them back. And there's like no specifics on that, but that seems kind of neat. Um, there's like uh, an alertness like gauge when you're in a dungeon, so it'll rise and fall obviously uh, when security becomes more strict. Like when you uh, get the treasure and you have to get out of there, uh, obviously more guards uh, are gonna be on your ass. So and uh, there, there's actually a worst case scenario where you can't continue through the dungeon because this alertness is uh, gauge is too high. So you lower it by launching surprise attacks and like, although enemies, like, there are enemies that, like, raise their alertness meter, you can get help from the Phantom Thieves Alliance to lower it down again. And then the the more Catherine aspect of it is, like, uh, during, like, the daily life in uh, Persona 5, there are certain options uh, that you'll be presented with. And if you're, like, unsure... It's the uh, test, too. Like, it, the actual school test. You yeah, take. yeah, yeah. The actual school test. Like if you're unsure of how to answer, you can see like how other people answer. It's kind of like Walking Dead, also. And that... I don't think you they actually show up before. I think it's after you answer because if they showed up before, that'd be cheating. <laughs> so I think oh, it's okay. once you answer, you can look at what other people said here. Uh, so. Okay, I, I I might be misremembering uh, it. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, that's just uh, just neat little auxiliary systems on top of you yeah. know, Persona Five, which is I can't believe we're fucking two weeks away from the Japanese release. Oh my god! Man, Twelve days as of this recording, and you've got your pre-order. Five, five months. <laughs> five months. I know. Well, only five months away. It's pretty close. Uh, yeah, there, there's a there's a handful of us at RPG site who's going to be importing. <laughs> yeah, and you guys are talking it up, and you better stay the fuck I mean, out of the way, RC. About the Discord. I don't want to hear you guys talking about the damn story like you do. You did the same thing with Zero Time Dilemma. I don't want another Persona Five. <laughs> I mean, as someone who played the entire Persona series in 2012 for the first time, like I don't really mind waiting here. <laughs> like. I don't either, just because it's so many <laughs> games and I'm tired of RPGs for the time being. I mean, heck, I played Bait and Kaido's Origins for the first time, like, 12 years after its release, and I love it. The next like, time yeah. we do a podcast, I'll have played Persona 5. So, yeah. You better stay the fuck out of the way. <laughs> Keep that to yourself. That's a, I always say that to people, because, like, obviously when Final Fantasy 15 got delayed, it got there was just a massive backlash, and I just said, there's, there's, so, many, there's, <laughs> there's actually, so many... This is one of those things where, like, I almost felt like people are just exaggerating, you know, 
yeah. how much backlash there is. Like, like, there can't be that much actual backlash over the delay, right? And then, like, nope. <laughs> yeah. Some people oh. are actually really nuts about this. Yeah, and, they're like, going yeah. insane. Yeah, that was... And, was... Like, when it was rumored and not when and not yet confirmed, like people were giving no, Aaron it's a fake. bunch of crap. It's fucking fake. Nah, yeah. I can't believe you fucking believe this. GameStop <laughs> really? <laughs> GameStop. How, I have a friend at GameStop. Yeah, they, said that's not true. How, how dare they, you they, report this? It's like uh, let's let's stop mocking them though. So I don't want to get in trouble with them as well. Right. So. It, it, it just, <laughs> I just saw a bunch of like it seemed like really unhinged. Like, okay, calm down. This is the. Uh, don't That's why we did the article about the uh, games you could be playing instead. So. Yeah, I guess I'll be quiet, but those people are like, oh my god. Let's not, go, yeah, let's not. I, go I, for it. I can okay, understand. Here's, here's the, the thing. fans are the most passionate people. Well. Here's the thing about getting really mad about a release date. Go for a walk. <laughs> That's a lot. Reevaluate <laughs> life. Go play some Pokemon Go. I've been, I've, been, I've been waiting like eight years for Persona Five, and it got delayed again. I like the say it got delayed in these last two weeks or something. I wouldn't really care. Like I have more important things to worry about. Than hey, like, hey, you you weren't waiting for eight years, okay? There were games in between that you could have been no, playing. No, I didn't play so anything else. Yeah. I, I played like Persona Four Dancing All Night if you wanted I, to. I, I just Four Gold yeah, could be playing. It, well, I that's what I always say is there's so many okay. games out that you've never played like. Like, Final Fantasy Thirteen, Lightning Returns. You could have been playing instead. Yeah, I could have been. Playing. <laughs> like, like, I, I, I keep meaning to go back to Soden, to Symphony of the Night, but that's like the main reason I picked that game up was because, like, you know, I've never played that. Instead oh, of salty, instead of five getting. There's delayed. a world outside I've yet to experience. I've been too focused on this release date for a video. Game. I imagine those people just like they wake up and then they just stare at the ceiling and like only a few more days. You guys don't understand. <laughs> and then like all these doors start opening, people going outside like. Oh, and it's like all, all of them are Final Fantasy 15 fans. Like, wow, there's like a world out here. And everyone bands together and holds hands. Look, man, <laughs> imagine, now, now, imagine, imagine what's going to happen if if Final Fantasy 15 is not good and gets butchered by reviews. I'm not saying it is because I actually am very hopeful. Oh, you mean if it gets like a, a 9.5 out of 10? Oh, it's gonna... God, I can't believe it got a 9.5. You swear it's so fucking low. You guys, you guys aren't even fans of RPGs. This has got to be, this has got to be the most. <laughs> Awkward tangent we've ever got on. <laughs> this is this it reminds me of subjective reviews only. Excuse me. Oh, this we should be objective. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I remember <laughs> fucking Halo Two came out and people were furious that I Halo Two is not it's not as good. They gave it a, they gave it a nine point eight and they're like, why didn't they get a ten? I, don't, I think it's a nine point. It's so close to a ten. Why would you get a nine point eight? What's the point to mean, huh? Okay. Well, truth- well, that, that's a good question. Actually, that's a pretty stupid. <laughs> well, well, truthfully, truthfully, review scores in the last like five years or so have gotten a little bit diluted like eights now are better scores than they were 10 years ago or you know yeah, yeah actually uh, uh, to be honest it's that i think that people are better about scores right than, i think they're a lot more understanding like <laughs> like, like an 8.8 for twilight princess is apparently a terrible score it's like yeah i, I, mean, I, lo- like, I love twilight princess and that's probably what i would score it it's a game spot lower it, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that was that, that was gerstman yeah, yeah. yeah he got massive uh, flack for that. I remember being there for that, like when it happened, and everyone's like, "Oh my god!" I, I think at the, like... at the at the same time, though, it's that I, honestly, I've also come to understand that review scores aren't going to change my opinion, and so I'm totally going to still play Final Fantasy 15, and I might like it, uh, even if I might have a lot of questions about it. Right. The, now, so the lowest, the the worst is when people they. They have. A, they <laughs> this have is a just game. a venting session right <laughs> yeah, now. It's it's the worst. Thing about those it guys. is the worst. It is. 
when I, the worst is when people <laughs> respond to your review and they've never played the game because you got like an early review copy. Yeah, yeah uh, that's bad. When I was still at Reliant Horror, I gave the order 1886 a three out of ten, and this guy's like, yeah, "You didn't appreciate it. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't you like do the movie the aspect, the cinematic." And, and then I'm like, "I'm like, this game fucking sucks. Deal with it." <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I'm done. <laughs> He just wants to vent. That's okay. Look, That's man, cool. No, I, I got upset too. We all, anyone who's reviewed a game has found like a hell. Look, the, the less it is, there are people out there who hasn't haven't played a single video game since Versus 13's initial announcement, and we'll go into 15. And they didn't go outside either. They just like sat in their room in like an uh, empty yeah. room. Hey, on let's the let's. I'll, I'll be perfectly clear. Final Fantasy 15 looks great uh, visually, does, but does. I'm just concerned about the story, the characters, and uh, the cohesion of it all. Like the world that they're trying to build. Uh, open world, it really is. If it means the actual, we were talking about Witcher 3 and the Bloody Baron. Witcher 3 has the same like pitfalls uh, that open world games tend to have and that there's since like it, it peaked with bloody Baron, and then you haven't really seen this yet Kyle, but it kind of is like a rolling tide. It just, it doesn't do as well after that as it did with bloody Baron. Um, although it really picks up towards the end. I'll say that much. Uh, so I'm, I'm concerned about that and what I've seen so far has still got me kind of concerned, but I'm, I might love it. So we'll see. You totally, the, you know what those people are at your last bit. They're not. You know that that famous that that famous picture of like uh, the guy playing the GameCube with the Iwata picture in the like, concrete laundry room. Like that's totally those people. They live in. You know the picture I'm talking yes, about. Yes. Right? Yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's totally them. Let's let's move on before we get anyone upset. All right, so. So we, we love our let's, readers let's, and their let's, opinions. Let's, let's go like flip it a whole 180 degrees and let's talk about something that Josh seems to have news on every single time we have a podcast. <laughs> SD Chundum. G. I was saying Gundam because I cannot Gundam? say this right. It's like a, it's another like, Gundam game. It's like a tongue twister. It's How many SD are there? Gundam oh, G Generation what? Genesis DLC plans because Josh is the, probably the only one who cares right now about this. Look, there are DLC. there are people who listen to this and uh, rely on this news. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> have you heard from these people? Like yeah, the two dude. people when you're following this. Look, they they care. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Okay. So uh, we don't post this on the site, but we'll talk about it. SD the Gundam G Generation Genesis. Uh, uh, Put up their DLC plans. <laughs> yes, uh, this will be in the the span of starting in December uh, when it releases up to up until February till next year. They'll have four DLC packs uh, from various other uh, Gundam franchise uh, series in the Universal Century, uh, starting off with uh, Hathaway's Flash. Uh, moving on to... Oh, I'm sure you're so excited about Hathaway's Flash. <laughs> Look, Aaron and I are just like, oh, I guess. <laughs> Look, Hathaway's Flash has some cool robots in it, okay? We just don't like the character. It wasn't good. Okay, I don't want you to delve too much into Gundam, but what is Hathaway's Flash? Like, to me, okay. it sounds like a super attack. All right, it's okay, so let me know. Do you know Char's counterattack? Yeah, that's... I don't... I haven't seen it. I don't really know what it is, but I assume it's like some event in some... No, it's actual. Okay, it's actual, okay. So. so Char's counterattack is basically the the final uh, installment of Amuro versus Char, which is the two uh, main uh, two main characters rivals. Uh, and so in the movie, uh, in Char's counterattack, Bright, uh, the captain of uh, Amuro's team, uh, has a son named Hath uh, Hathaway. And there's an alternate uh, Hathaway flash. It's like a, a what if scenario, like an alternate retelling of uh, the events that happen. Uh, to Hathaway after a certain event happens in Char's counterattack. 
And Hathaway isn't a great character. He's a fucking scumbag. I can't. I can't uh, stand. <laughs> that, that, that's why I don't. I like heard him. about this about Hathaway. So, 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 you guys uh, tend to talk about it quite a bit in the uh, chat. So. We don't. We don't like Hathaway a lot. But yeah. um, but he does uh, get some cool uh, robots. And there are other characters in this Hathaway's Flash, which is, I believe, only a manga. It never got an anime adaptation or anything like that. Uh, and there are other characters inside there that have other cool robots. And the actual story is kind of, eh, whatever. Take it or leave it. But there are cool robots in it, and that's. Arguably, the only thing that matters about Hathaway's Flash. I was gonna say if it's just if it's just the robots from that as DLC, that doesn't seem so bad. <laughs> I mean, yeah, th- there'll be characters from it, but uh, the nice thing about these games, the G Generation games, is you can stick on any pilot and any robot with no limitations. So, could put Shia, uh, Shinji in everything. <laughs> if Shinji was Gundam, yes. Yes, that would be great, wouldn't it? Oh, just Hiro Yui is gonna be. Yeah, all, yes, yeah. That's, I'm, I'm mixing up my mecha. Shows. <laughs> uh, and, you can uh, tell I'm not much of a Gundam guy. I'm mostly a Macross guy. So there's also another DLC uh, pack uh, coming out in December from Gundam: The Origin, which is basically a prologue to the original Gundam series. It's been getting uh, like a extend like a anime OVAs that have been coming out. Uh, very excellent stuff. Um, uh, then other than that, it gets uh, kind of weird. Um, in January, you have uh, mechs from the Advance of Zeta Flag of Titans manga. Um, this is like some future high-tech shit uh, with the the way they, the, the mech designer went about it. Like the, the whole mechanical like timeline and technology, uh, flow of technology in the universe essentially makes no fucking sense because uh, everyone started making side stories. Uh, their own side stories without any regard to like technological advancements into this timeline. <laughs> so I said, and then like, and then, and then like, uh, and then like older, uh, older series that are canonically uh, farther along in that timeline have to try to justify like the te- like the futuristic advance- advances that came before it. It's like, like existence. It's fucked up. <laughs> it's super fucked up. And then <laughs> the final one in February so far is uh, from Thunderbolt. Uh, was it Thunderbolt? Yeah, th- Thunderbolt, Gundam Thunderbolt. Thunderbolt was a good show. Yeah, right, uh, Gundam that's... Thunderbolt. Uh, yeah, th- there's been a, a resurgence of that, obviously, because of its anime OVAs and whatnot. And Isn't Gundam Thunderbolt like the one that's kind of hand-drawn? At the same yeah, time? it's they hand-drawn. Chasm. Yeah, they went back to that. Yeah, it's, it's, it looks gorgeous. Yeah. And then uh, digital pre-orders of this game uh, get a special Phoenix Zero One suit. And the Phoenix uh, suit is uh, like G-Generation uh original and a lot of fans of that series like that suit so there you I'm go su- i'm surprised you're not like totally into gunpla as a gundam fan because that and, seems and like everyone, the kind of thing everyone is like always surprised by that i'm just like yeah. I, I'm, I'm a pretty lazy person i i know if i would like get that and i would never build it yeah the people that don't gunpla is those model kits you build your own gundam like their toys uh so that's the real that reason like... he's not into that is because josh is actually an avid warhammer fan so he's always painting his that's warhammer. right the 40k he's got like the like the hundreds of like, building out his own like war yeah. Yep, and I should I should just probably stick stick on gunpla at some point in that in that war, like the yeah. fifteen Warhammer games that came out this year. Yeah, get, get my twelve year old fantasies. Twelve year old fantasies like Gundam crossed over the Warhammer. Hell yeah! The, 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 worst, the worst title for a game ever is Total War Warhammer. <laughs> it's so it's ironic because that's probably the best game this year from that series. <laughs> so the best. <laughs> it's, I just the titles is war. so bad. Yeah. War, war. <laughs> well, that has been your GGG minute. God damn. All right. 
So <laughs> this podcast has been going on forever. All right. So uh, wrapping up the other important news before we get into release dates, um, Side Games announced not long ago that they're teaming up with Platinum Games. Go figure. Jesus. Platinum Games do whatever they They're bringing Grand Plu Fantasy to the consoles, or or at least it looks like that. They did not announce any platforms, but the kind of project we link, it looks great. Uh, looks like the type of game that uh, Platinum Games can totally deal with. Yeah, it's like a cel-shaded style. It looks really A nice. cel-shaded action RPG. Uh, action RPG uh, and it, yeah, it looks really damn good. Uh, just visually, very, uh, very po- everything pops out uh, very colorful. And, you know, you can see some of the hints of Grand Blue Fantasy with, like, the special abilities uh, that they're doing. And a lot of characters, like a lot of the important characters from that, uh, from that game is make their appearance just in that trailer, that very short trailer alone. So that's what they they announced. But they also announced Platinum Games is making their own MOBA game with Lost Order. Uh, Goddamn, <laughs> they're really branching out. Uh, this looks like yeah, this looks like a tactics based MOBA game, like with like yep. on a grid, and then there's like uh, turn phases and whatnot. That look, it looks like that's what it's it original. Like. There's not you're not going to see like characters from other platinum games showing up you're not gonna see core but you're not gonna see <laughs> our ninja turtles uh or you know mm-hmm. transformers yeah, <laughs> yeah here we go <laughs> bayonetta just shows up out of nowhere uh comedy uh, I, I imagine that if that's like even in, i imagine if that's like even in the cards of like if say lost order comes out if there's like it's since platinum games is like the one behind it, like there'd be like some sort of like future collaboration like if that's even and in the like, fact that uh CyberConnect 2 can make their uh, .hack New World game and have a bunch of like uh, collaborate, like a bunch of characters show up in that. I'm sure Platinum Games can do something for their own original characters to show up in that as well. A DLC, uh, they need the money. Uh, that's it's just a crazy thing they're gonna they're doing smartphone games. I, how many projects Platinum Games like just take on now? <laughs> Jesus, there must be a at this point they must be a gigantic studio. It's just it's I mean the fact they are releasing games before they move on to the next one and, and release that as well, but just the concurrent projects and everything's announced like that joke that was floated around like every single tgs trailer is going to end with developed by platinum games <laughs> that's the way this is going to go uh but also side games also announced they have a high-end console game coming out uh being worked on called project awakening but they didn't really share anything about that yeah so let's uh, just i'm oh, sorry yeah yeah they, they, i want to touch on that yeah i just uh i think there was like a job opening like at May of last year, like uh, for PlayStation 4 development, and that's the recruiting. So it might be this project, maybe. Job openings telling about that. There was also like not long ago, there was like this pre- trademark screen instead of this Japanese name that sounded similar to Ikane no Tsutsuna or uh, I am Tsutsuna as it was known here. Say it again in Japanese. Ikane? no Tsutsuna. Um, I'm not. There's a lot of names that I've not said out loud, so it's trying to say them in a podcast is awful. It's correct. Um, let's, let's get right into the release dates so we can wrap things up. Um, they well, I guess this is actually another announcement. This fits in more. With other it never stuff. ends. It's the City of Final Fantasy Opera on Omnia announced for mobile phones, um, iOS and Android. It looks like a turn-based RPG featuring all. It's a crossover game, so people seemed upset with this, but I thought it was kind of cool. Uh, I guess it's because people are immediately triggered by anything related to mobile, but because we already got a, we've got, we've already had the City of Games for PSP. Two of them, in fact, you've got an arcade game that's likely going to come to consoles um, after the one-year 
limitations up for for arcades. But there's a proper turn-based crossover one though. There's a turn now. It's a turn-based RPG. The fact that it's for mobile phones, I guess people are like, more gonna be for consoles. You got World of Final Fantasy, you'll be okay. Uh, so yeah, it looked really good at all the characters from all the different Final Fantasy games. Um, that you know is in Dissidia, but now in a turn-based RPG. Looks very heavy, action focused, um, with combos and stuff like that. Bad favorites like Cope from FF13. Yes, <laughs> I think I said Cope from like Snow's <laughs> Coat from Final Fantasy XIII. Yeah, duh, don't you know? That's the best part about Snow's character, really. Uh, but no, it's <laughs> Hope, which is also actually I actually prefer Snow's Coat over Hope. I think is what I'm saying. What What if they made like a Final Fantasy crossover and picked like the worst character from each game and? Smash them I, would, I would play the shit out of that because man, that'd be or or so maybe like the most or maybe, or, maybe, or maybe just the most awkward character like Vaughn and Cypher. I don't know Waka and Who, who's a oh god I hate that a character Zell from FF8 yeah Chicken Wuss yeah <laughs> that'll be his name though that he that we'll call him Zell oh, and he's just man. doing flips all over the place Zell's a rad character I'd love his character <laughs> I don't no. said ever. His intro cutscene, it looks like he's doing like the Mentos, the Fresh Maker. That's the meme. It was one of the yeah. earliest memes I can think of. I, I, yeah. I remember I remember seeing this on Twitter, but apparently in Zell's CG intro cutscene, the logo of Belam Garden is mirrored for some reason. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like, what? They, they wanted it because they had to flip it because he looked awkward from that. That's not his good side. What are you doing? <laughs> Just <laughs> the bullshit. All right. So moving That's on to other reason. big, <laughs> moving on to other news. Uh, Chroma Squad, which I never got to play and I heard was, it was all right. Uh, that Sentai or Power Ranger inspired tactical RPG announced for PS4, Xbox One, Vita, and smartphones. Originally only announced for PC, now coming to all these other platforms. Josh, you seemed kind of interested in that. Yeah, it's coming early next year. I've heard a lot of good stuff about it. I only got to play a little bit of it, but uh, I, I really want to revisit it. It seems like uh, up my alley. So I, I really want to try it out. It's yeah. from, uh, it's from uh, Behold Studios, and uh, it's being published by Bandai Namco. What studios? Behold Studios. Behold, is that is this the only game though? I believe you said it like it was so. supposed to be significant. <laughs> I'm just saying. I just say the the, the, the Behold game. Studios. Oh, Behold. Oh yeah, don't you know Behold Studios? Great, uh, <laughs> awesome. I'm pretty uh, sure it's there. Oh, they also did um, Knights of Pen and Paper. Oh, okay. That's actually that's something I actually know. Okay, that seems yeah. better. That's actually a good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to say Chromoscot is bad or anything like that. I just heard kind of it's above average is what I've heard about that game. Just nothing that it kind of came and went. Mm-hmm. So hopefully on consoles and whatnot, it'll be people will pay more attention to it. Right. Other news that they put, brought out: um, Disgaea Two uh, announced for PC um, on January next Jan- uh, January thirtieth is what they put it out. Actually, um, someone put two thousand seventeen, but I got an actual date. Uh, it's going to have all the DLC, is what they said, from all the different systems. And, the, and the, apparently it even has some characters that were in the Japanese release of Disgaea 2, but not in the American release for some reason. Oh, I don't oh. know the history there. I don't know the history either. But the, I know in the press release, Nisa, Nisa Mariko is like, it includes these characters and listed them out that were never in English before, I guess. So yeah. it's I guess it's supposed to have everything. And like this is supposed to be the definitive version. Yeah. As someone who only played the PlayStation 2 version, like a, uh, when I before I reviewed Disgaea 5, I went through and played the whole series. Disguise too. It was all right. I didn't think it did and like very memorable characters, but it's the I'm, Dark Souls two. We're, we're series. leading up to the better ones. A Disguise four will be here, and then Disguise five, and then Disguise ID two because no one got to play that, or really everyone seems to say like I'm, I'm waiting for that to be announced as a port. Uh, <laughs> 
we're going up the ramp here. It gets better from here. Remember, we're almost into the best story in the Disgaea series. Uh, my dad one? deleted my save data. Which one are we talking about? Disgaea 3. Oh, okay. I was going to say. Disgaea <laughs> <laughs> 3, uh, with featuring uh, Vin, uh, Vic Minona, uh, the voice of Al, uh, excuse me, Ed from um, Fullmetal Full Alchemist. Net. And so you could hear him shouting and screaming, sounding just like Ed, <laughs> which is the best part. And there's actually some very um, sentimental moments in that game, too. And I actually really liked this guy through as well. I think that was pretty cool, especially towards the end. It gets pretty powerful. Yeah. Uh, Crazy emotional at times, too. So, just like the whole series is awesome. Sky is awesome. Everyone should be playing Disgaea. If you haven't played Disgaea, go play hey, Disgaea. I, I mean, I haven't played Disgaea, and then they, they released the first one on PC. I'm like, hey, this is a perfect opportunity to play it. Damn right. So, yeah. so I'll, I'll play the second one when it comes out, and I'm also really interested in trying out Phantom Brave uh, uh, when I get some time, which I know is not Disgaea, but similar strategy it is yeah. it actually I, I know i know the it's like i read liz's review for it it's got like uh it's not like a grid strategy rpg it's more like no, you arcs. like summon yeah it's like, like these, you... you work with like these arcs of like these radial arcs that you can work in or something with your summoned creatures and yeah. like you have like only a certain amount of distance you can travel or you know stuff like that yeah exactly it's like not it's not like your party you're summoned like these monsters yeah. so it's like a kind of a pokemon kind of thing uh so it's pretty cool um yeah but yeah phantom brave is already out um on steam that you can check that out uh some other news giant quest 7 apparently delayed to 2017 that was announced during we, we could have mentioned that earlier during the I, direct moment but i it think was, everybody expected this like yeah they're not they, gonna put out two dragon quest games in one year like that they, well they originally announced like dragon quest 7 will be early 2016 dragon quest 8 will be late they didn't say then, late. they just said 2016 that's even worse in the case yeah and so like we i i, I know i originally expected like oh dragon quest 7 will be like March or April, and Dragon Quest Eight will be like October, November. Like, nope, it's a little bit later than that. It's, so it's yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, people seem to be excited about that. I didn't hear great things about Dragon Quest Eight on 3DS. I yeah. I heard I've heard plenty of great things about Dragon Quest Eight on 3DS enough that it's the uh, they consider it the definitive version. Oh, I'm probably not, thinking about the mobile version. Yeah, not, not, version. Not, not only because <laughs> not only because of the additions of characters, but I know apparently in the in Dragon Quest Eight for PS2. They used orchestra, the orchestral soundtrack in the localized release, but not in the Japanese release. But oh. that, but that caused some issues with load times. So the the, the English version of Dragon Quest Eight on PS2 has longer load times than the Dragon Quest Eight on PS2 in Japan. Uh. Apparently, Dragon Quest Eight on 3DS. Uh, reconciles all of that so it has the best load times. it's on carts it's not on yeah. cd or yeah best load times best version of the music um and of course new characters um like red and yeah. mori <laughs> oh, yes so uh that's probably i don't know like so i've heard it's great i've been so understood in turning my 3ds on like i just can't handle that machine for the life of me this might be my way of playing it again because I, I only played a few hours, about five to ten hours of Dragon Quest Eight ever. And so it's just hard for me to get into. It's a really slow start for a game that's like 80, 90 hours. So maybe that's why. So I'll have to kind of, put, kind of grip my teeth and get through that part. Um, yeah, so Dragon Quest Eight delayed to 2017. Dragon Quest six, uh, Seven though, is out in a couple weeks, and that's going to be insane. So uh, at least people it's, have... It's like, the only one I haven't played other than... A... 10 so, uh, so i'm pretty played seven seven is awesome i have, yeah, I have fond memories of it awesome it, it's not shit adam that's the most i can give you yeah it's not shit okay prepare yourself for like that's 
That's that's a high bar. <laughs> we mentioned this before. The fact that the main story of Dragon Quest Seven is a hundred hours long, and they're adding they added oh. content to this. Now it's like 120, 130 hours long, just for the main story, not the side missions. One hundred thirty hours main... of not shit content, Adam. Yes, no filler, all no all shit. killer. So it's 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 gonna be nuts. Uh, so other release date announcements. I have no segues for this. I'm just trying to get through all this. Super Dimension Neptune versus Sega Hard Girls announced for October 18th in North America, the 21st in Europe. Uh, Toho Scarlet Curiosity, which is kind of that top-down dungeon crawler type of RPG, out September 20th for only $20, which is awesome cool. <laughs> on PS4. That's pretty damn cool. That Where's Xanadu next, Xseed? <sighs> uh... That was crazy because like not long ago, the person helping to localize said they would have news the very next day. Something <laughs> tells happened? me and, they and ran into some big bugs. Holy shit. So he, here, here's the last thing we've heard officially about Xanadu next. It's supposed. To, it's it's releasing in spring 2016. Cool. Yeah. Think, uh, <laughs> we did hear something. It was like, they put. Actually, uh, did put like a picture saying uh, summer. Uh, like the game's announced for summer includes Xanadu next, and uh, it's only two yeah. weeks left in the summer season. So mm. why not gonna happen? Unless they turn around and say it's gonna come out like September 19th. Coming out tomorrow. Yeah, before the uh, before it, we change here. Um, also, Sword Art Online Hollow Realization announced for November 8th. They did put out some more information about that and that if you pre-order in North America, you get some costumes. You get uh, God Eater Soma costume and Livy uh, costumes uh, to the characters from God Eater. Uh, and then you've got Asuna. She has a nightwear costume and a maid costume. Of course. <sighs> and then wasn't there like a, something from like assassination classroom or something? Or am I thinking of something else? You're thinking of God Eater. Oh, That's I'm, getting the, the, I'm getting these name code. No, wait, I'm sorry. You're thinking of like the collector's edition. I think it was. Uh, yeah. Well, let me, let me I, look up. Let I me. haven't seen assassination classroom. But I know the, the teacher yellow thing. Uh, whatever his name that's is. A, no, you got it. That's you nailed it. That's the, that's all you got to remember is the big teacher with the smiley face. That uh, that was yeah. That's got it to two DLC. That's what uh, you're thinking of. Okay. I've got a I've got the coupon right next to me. I should be able to tell. Um, the cool thing though, though, is that <laughs> it's kind of funny in Europe. You do not get the maid costume, so that's a shame. But you get a physical with the physical copy. You get a special lithograph. Of uh, the key vi- key art that they recently put out for Hollow Realization, signed by Riki Kawahara, the artist. Pre-order so, canceled. Get the physical. Got to import for the physical version in, in Europe to get that. <laughs> Why even get it? If there's no paid, made costume. And that's kind of weird too, because also like um, this. I think the pre-order seems to be just for the PS4 version, whereas at least well, this is the 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 thing they put out is that it says ps4 pre-order now the ps4 version of the exclusive costume pack in europe it shows the 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 logos for ps4 and vita so bendai seems to be much more fond of europe with their releases for the vita because no because like guided 2 you if you order from any you order any version in europe of guided 2 you get resurrection for free in america it's only ps4 or pc that's it not vita that's what i'm yep Sucks to be us. Uh, speaking of Europe, they also announced Trails of Cold Steel 2 out November 11th in Europe. So you have a couple months to wait, but wait should be worth it. And also Deep Silver announced, like they said they would, they're putting out Shin Megami Tensei 4 Apocalypse and 7th Dragon 3 Code VFD out this winter, 2016. So that should be December. They are making miracles happen over there. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad I mean, I'm glad I think it's... Uh, I mean... Like it's it almost sounds like I think Americans probably take it for granted, but mm-hmm. you know the fact that 
Europeans can get the English version of Persona 5 day and date, like that's something they don't normally get. With, what a partnership. This partnership has been so, yeah. like, paying off in spades. Yeah, we're talking about games that aren't as big as Persona 5, to say the least. Certain uh, people worked really hard to make that happen. Let yeah. Me tell you. Yeah, I've Kyle, you did. You worked very hard. It was me, yeah. Wow, yeah. thanks, Kyle. I know you're trying to say it. You're trying to be subtle about it, but I wanted to bring it to the surface. <laughs> it was just me. <laughs> Thank you, Kyle. I, I have, like, a whole bunch of advanced copies of Persona 5, and I have them on, like, oh. a single pallet, and I'm going to use a pallet jack and carry it over to to Europe. I don't know how I'm going to get across the ocean, but... <laughs> Thank God there's only, like, 20 copies sold over there or something. It's that's like fit on that pallet. Those special editions are pretty huge. Uh, oh. so... Yeah, that's so that's, that's, that's everything. That's everything we got through this all. Um, I want to mention, like we mentioned at the top of this, is that if you go to the website, we have reviews for Guided 2 Rage Burst, Attack on Titan. We have a written and video review for Deus Ex Mankind Divided. You should really check out that video. is great. It's been getting a lot of views so far, so I'm excited for Darren. Um, Darren's also reviewing Trails of Cold Steel 2, by the way, so we'll have a video review for that uh, soon enough between now and probably when we have our next podcast because that's going to go. Um, also have a preview for World of Final Fantasy from Gamescom and an interview cover. Uh, we have two interviews actually. One covering Final Fantasy fifteen, uh, fourteen, excuse me, Final Fantasy fourteen with Naka Yoshida, the producer, and we also have one for Nier Automata. That one for Nier Automata has got some cool news in there about like the reasons behind they couldn't bring over an Xbox version and all kinds of other stuff like that. So let's just wrap things up yeah. with telling us where you can find us. RPGSite.net is where you can find our website. Uh, our Twitter handle at RPG site, youtube.com slash RPG site net for all the videos I mentioned. We've got the Owlboy demo video up there and also um, Attack on Titan. Uh, we got footage of that. And yes, that Deus Ex Mankind Divided video review. Facebook, Facebook.com slash RPG site net. And uh, we've got a Tumblr as well that I don't, I've never mentioned in a while uh, that I do put work into, um, which is just RPG site net.tumblr.com. All these links, by the way, that I'm talking about are on the website as well. You can just click on there. Tetracast, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. And then also finally, Discord, tinyurl.com slash RPG site Discord. Yeah, Oof. I just want to end off this podcast saying that. Paxmas is happening at the uh, at this, so next time we'll be going over any uh, interesting tidbits of Paxmas. Oh, it's not just Paxmas. It's not, it's not just Paxmas, though. But there's gonna be the PlayStation meeting, obviously. We got September seventh. PlayStation. I'm, I'm just sorry to cut you off. Yeah. September seventh. It's the PlayStation uh, conference for the Neo, the Neo, and the PS4 Slim. But they also have one for Japan on September thirteenth. Yep, and that's the they're usually their pre TGS one. And that's the one that usually have a lot of announcements. Announcements, so. and uh, the yeah. next podcast recording is like in the middle of TGS, and it's also going to be uh, we're going to be living in a post Persona Five world. Yeah, so, and you're not going to you're not going to talk anything about Persona Five. Mm, mm. Cut your throat if you talk about it. Okay, but yeah. So <laughs> next time, next Tetracast, it's going to be fucking big, probably. Yeah, almost as long as this one, uh, the three hours probably. almost. So uh, thanks guys- a lot. <laughs> Let's, let's wrap this up this is going on way too long i'm tired of hungry thanks a lot adam thanks a lot josh thanks a lot kyle for participating in this edition of the tetracast adam sounds like you're going to be out on the next one but we'll have somebody i'm sure who willing to fill your role rotating chair rotating chair as it were thanks a lot guys catch us next time on the tetracast